When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. We're going to jump right into things because I'm excited to rip Wisconsin. For no apparent reason, but five minutes ago, I got very angry about Wisconsin. We're going to take all your questions. Last week, we did all Joe Burrow. We've been talking a lot about the quarterback stuff, and and you guys had sent in questions last week that we didn't get to because we did all quarterback. So this is Buckeye Talk. This is Bill Landis, Tim Bielik, and Doug Maurice, and this is about you. If you didn't think it up, we're not going to talk about it except for the Wisconsin thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell about that. Um, <laughs> you're just going to make your way through the Big Ten West. Yeah. You're up to Iowa, now you're up yeah. from Wisconsin. Stay tuned for Purdue next week. You know why I'm making my way through the Big Ten West? Because they all stink. <laughs> Carry your weight. <coughs> we have reviews. You guys can read us on cleveland.com slash OSU. We have farts. We have <laughs> We uh, follow us on Twitter at Tim Bielek, at Bill Landis25, at Doug Maurice. We're going to jump in. We have a really good Ohio State-Michigan question off the top, which will lead into me ripping Wisconsin. And then we're going to get to a lot of different things about Ohio State football. But actually, I do have a thing I want us to do very quickly before we get to the review and your questions. A couple weeks ago, there was some reaction. When we did the the post-spring game podcast and we said, like, Dwayne Haskins has, has won the job. How could you not pick Dwayne Haskins? We got pushback from some people, I think, who thought, you guys love Dwayne Haskins. Why Why don't you give Joe Burrow a chance? Then last week we did... Joe Burrow left, and we got some pushback from people who were like, my God, he's not Tom Brady. Relax a little bit. Why are you acting like this is the greatest? Listen. Although you did say he was Tom Brady. I said he looked like Tom Brady. If I said that you look like young Han Solo, I'm not saying you are young Han Solo. I'm not saying you own the Millennium Falcon and you hang out with a Wookiee. I'm saying you look like young Han Solo. I do one of those things. The young Han Solo thing, by the way, I don't know who that guy is, who the actor is playing yeah. young Han Solo. I hate him from the commercials already. I don't like him. I don't like his Harrison Ford impression. He has none of Harrison Ford's charisma. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm excited that Donald Glover is playing Lando. That's cool. I'm, I'd watch a Lando movie. Well, I know. I hope it is a Lando movie. I hope. I'm rooting. I know. Spoiler alert. I'm like, spoiler alert. Han Solo doesn't die in young Han Solo because he has to go do a bunch of whole old Han Solo stuff. Yeah. I'm hoping he does got, die, because <laughs> that guy annoys... What's he been in? Has he been in anything? Is he a hot young actor? What's no, his name? I think don't, don't, the people who are making these movies, aren't they intentionally picking people that, that aren't like... That name, aren't good actors? Brand? Well, maybe. Or but, charismatic? Like, name brands and household names. Other Awful. Than Donald Glover. 
I'm sure there's a bunch of 40-year-old people saying, like, that's not the Star Wars I grew up on. Well, yeah. what, if, what if Han Solo dies in this movie and you find out that every Han Solo after that was a robot? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's not open the robot can this early. I just saw an advertisement for a video game that's supposed to be like, I'm a robot, feel bad for me, I'm going to go kill all the humans. And again, it's like, what are you trying to do? Who are you appealing to? What's the guy's name? Alden Ehrenreich. Is that a person? What's he been in? What's he been in? What? Born in 19... Is he 89? He's not a real person. I think he might... I have no interest in that guy. He's going to ruin Donald Glover's movie. I'm mad at him already. <laughs> Thanks, Alden. You bland... God, he's so bland. Look at him. He doesn't even look like Han Solo. His face is like a frying pan. He looks like Harry Styles. Ser- Harry Styles would have been a thousand times better than this guy. This guy is adult. Let's get him on the podcast. Um... <laughs> So can we have a final, official take from all of us about what we truly think about Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow? And then it's over because Joe Burrow is gone. Good luck to him. Obviously, when he lands somewhere, we'll talk about that again someday. But just so people know, if for anyone who thought we loved Dwayne Haskins and were discounting Joe Burrow, and then people who thought that we loved Joe Burrow and were acting like it was the greatest loss in Ohio State history, Bill Landis, what is your official 20-second wrap-up of a Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins opinion. Uh, I think they're both good. I've always thought they're both good. I think Dwayne Haskins is a little better and like potentially way better. Um, I'm not saying that's a definite, but I think Haskins has a little more upside. Doesn't mean I think Joe's a bad quarterback. and doesn't mean I don't think he'll be good wherever he goes. And I think he would have been good at Ohio State. But I think like for Ohio State's offense to take a jump kind of to the next level that, frankly, I think you need to win a national championship now, I think Haskins was the right choice. Tim, I'm pretty much in agreement with Bill. I think Haskins has the higher upside. Burrow's still a quality quarterback. Wherever he starts, I think he'll do very well. But, again, I, if I'm Ohio State, you know, if I'm an Ohio State fan, I have to be excited. You'd have to be excited with uh, Haskins' upside and his ability with his arm talent that Ohio State hasn't had a quarterback in such a long time. I think Joe Burrow will be good. I think it was an obvious choice to pick Dwayne Haskins. I think... Joe Burrow can make your program good. I think Dwayne Haskins can make it great. I think there just wasn't a choice to make that you can't turn your back on a guy with the natural arm talent of Dwayne Haskins. They're going to have to make some adjustment, and we'll talk about the thing you wrote for off what Urban Meyer said. But um, I, I don't know that I don't think I don't think Joe Burrow is a national championship quarterback. And I don't think he's going to lead any of these teams that he's going to to a national championship. I think he has a very good chance to make those programs better than they are. Uh, I think Dwayne Haskins is is a very possibly a national championship quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tim. Yes. Are we calling it the fart? That's why you said that. I got confused. I'm calling it the fart. You're calling it the fart. I Kyle, thought you meant someone farted. No, Kyle Brandenburg tweeted at us on May 8th. was last week, right? He said, name for the five-star review segment, the five-star appreciation reviews from today, or fart. So are we calling it that? You guys can call it whatever you want. I'm huh. calling it fart. Okay. I think we're all just going to have three separate names for it. When I find a name I'm, I like, that's what I'm going to call it. You can call it, keep calling it fart, Bill, and Doug can call it whatever he wants. In the meantime, Tim, go ahead and rip a fart. All right. <laughs> You set that up pretty well. <laughs> Kyle Brandenburg with the set, Bill Landis with the spike. All right, well, this is review slash food question from Schultz 9999999. Nine, 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 nine. Nine, 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 nine. Nine nines? Yeah. 
I don't know, Schultz, why you have nine nines in your name, but okay. You got me to read all nine, so congratulations. Uh, the, he says, I thoroughly enjoyed Doug, Bill, and Tim keeping me up to date and current on my Buckeye football nerd knowledge. Also, last year's away jerseys in Michigan inspired me to make Buckeyes with white chocolate. Thoughts? Oh, respect. We had like a thing about how I think white chocolate's gross. And yes, and we both. Peanut and- butter cups with white chocolate are stupid. Yes. I had a peanut butter cup with white chocolate the other day. Not terrible. <laughs> He's on the bandwagon, folks. Let's not get crazy. Uh, I think it's the only thing that g- good to come out of those alternate Michigan jerseys if someone made white <laughs> chocolate out of them. Because otherwise they should wear their normal jerseys versus Michigan. Yeah, those uniforms are cool, though. I know, but they should be worn another day. I agree. Well, that's a good review. We also have one where he said... Victor Factor also says, questionable sports takes coupled with even more questionable food takes. I mean, who thinks bread is the most important part of a dish? Wow. Still, this wow. is probably the best podcast ever recorded in a car outside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. I don't like that person. <laughs> Great source for Flo- Ohio State football, especially living in Florida. He titled it The Robots. Oh, well, it is in Florida. Bread doesn't exist in Florida. <laughs> he started it by saying the robots are taking over. So that nice. those are our two farts of the week. All right. Just quickly on the robots. Everybody saw the jogging robot? Yeah. Again, thank you to the 12 Buckeye Talk <laughs> listeners who, as soon as, whenever that Boston Dynamics, who I think is the name of the yeah. company that puts out the robot videos every now and then, the second they are up, I get 12 tweets. I'm like, <laughs> here's another robot that's going to kill you. Why? Who needs... Uh, uh, just a quick thing, and we have to get to football. How does it help humanity for a robot to jog? Uh, they can fight in wars instead of humans. But the problem is then you lose control. Yeah. And then you become subjugated. And they fight against humans. Or... Yeah. If it's UPS and you have a robot in the back of the truck and he runs to drop off your package, it saves the driver about two minutes. Takes his job away. That's what it does. Here's my question. To all the scientists out there who are dedicating their lives to making robots jog, find something better to do with your vast (laughs) knowledge. Cure a disease. Invent a new crop. Don't make a robot jog. Just to get your jollies off, <laughs> and in the meantime, threaten the existence of the human race. Find some better way to use your brain. Okay. Make it so I can't lose my cell signal for five seconds while I'm driving. Much better use. Much better use than robot jogging. Tim, get to the Drizzy well, question. Well, Drizzy sent this question a while ago, right? This is our guy, Drizzy, who enjoys getting busy. Yeah. Yeah, he said this last week. We obviously didn't get to it with the Joe Burrow talk, but I thought this was fascinating, so I bookmarked this for myself. He asks, what is more likely to happen? Michigan wins nine games or Ohio State makes the playoff? If Michigan gets to nine, who do they beat slash lose to? I have Michigan at eight. And I think this opens up the topic that we haven't discussed yet, and that's Shea Patterson being eligible to play right away in Michigan. So he also What's you think of, What do you think of that? That's massive. I mean, I don't know if you can understate how important it was for Michigan because we talked about it after the, the Ohio State-Michigan game last year. If John O'Corn is average, Michigan probably wins that football game, but he was terrible. They had problems with quarterback last year. I think it was like 10 touchdowns combined to like nine interceptions for all three quarterbacks that Michigan had last season. A jogging robot at quarterback might have beaten Ohio State last year for Michigan. They were awful. And to go... And, they, and they've been no better than average at that position in Jim Harbaugh's tenure there. Yeah. So to go from 
average to, because the question is not, like Shea Patterson might be great. There, there, people are throwing out names for like the 2019 draft. There's this Justin Herbert guy from Oregon, I think is it, that, that people are, are big on. Shea Patterson's in that mix of guys that, it's a five-star guy who's had some success. Um, so I, I think like there's a debate of like, will he be great? Maybe he won't be great. But I, I don't know that there's a debate at all over he will be the best quarterback Jim Harbaugh has played at Michigan. Is there even a like? Is there is it possible that Wilton Spate or Jake Rudock in no. their in their incarnations would be better than what Shea Patterson's going to give them? I mean, possibly Brandon Peters, who who was the starter at the end of last year before he got hurt against Wisconsin. I think that's possible that Peters might be better. That, um, that but that, if that's true, then Peters will beat Patterson out in the summer in August. So the quarterback play. So, but but I I think Ohio State fans, and again, are, we're assuming most of this audience is Ohio State fans. If you're a Michigan fan listening. So, welcome. But but for Ohio State fans, I think you need to understand that Jim Harbaugh, as a guy who is like a respected coach of quarterbacks, is a quarterback, has not had quarterbacks. That's the thing everybody thought he was going to do at Michigan, is get quarterbacks, develop, recruit, develop quarterbacks. And he hasn't done that. And, and if that's, if this is that... That is a big difference. And so I think that needs to permeate everything that Ohio State fans think about Michigan this year is the idea of, oh, they might have a quarterback now. And that's not a world that Michigan has lived in in the Harbaugh era yet. Actually, I was technically sort of wrong about quarterback stats. It was nine touchdowns to ten interceptions last season. Awful. It's pretty bad. Incompetent. Incompetent quarterback play, which again is on a lot. A lot of that's on Harbaugh. They had some bad luck with injuries, but a lot of that's on Harbaugh. You know, so um, so when you look at that, who said eight? The question: Did Drizzy says he has Michigan at eight? Drizzy has him at eight. I would bet. I don't know what Drizzy wants to bet. Ask Drizzy what Drizzy. What do you want to bet? I'll bet you that Michigan wins more than eight. And I guess we're talking regular season. They will not. They will be better than eight and four. Yes. They've won 10, 10, and 8. Most of that time with like a borderline dysfunctional offense. Yep. And I think their offense is going to be pretty good this year. And their defense, they lost two defensive starters, right? And I think Don Brown yep. might be the best defensive coach in college football. They lost. Uh, Hurst is, is a big yeah, loss. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying they but, lost good players. Yeah. But, but they have like, Gary, Rashawn yeah, Gary Sean back. Gary, they have uh, Chase, Chase Winovich back. back. Yeah. Devin Bush Devin is back. back. Yeah. Kalik Hudson is back. Yeah, so their defense is going to be really good. Their defense has been really good, I think, since since Harbaugh got there, and certainly since Don Brown took over. Um, but if they won 10-10 and 8, and obviously there's one bowl win mixed in a, to one of those 10-win seasons, uh, yeah, I think I think they get to 8 or 9 like kind of easily with, with uh, the assumption that their quarterback position is at least functional this year. Even if Shea Patterson's not great, I still think they win 9 games. And, and here's the thing that, again, Ohio State fans need to remember. If you're not careful, if you're not careful in the way that you think about Michigan, you can allow two inches to give your impression of Michigan a 180-degree turn. And that if JT Barrett had been marked short, you would respect Michigan right now and be a little worried about Michigan. And that JT Barrett got the first down makes you think Michigan sucks. 
it's two inches. And I'm not like saying that the spot was bad or anything. I'm just saying don't let two inches lull you into some kind of belief that Michigan's program sucks because it doesn't. And I wrote at the time two years ago that team that almost beat them, and if they had beaten Ohio State that day, would have gone to the Big Ten championship game. And that season would have ended very differently for Michigan. That was the year. That was their big veteran year. Then they lost everybody. They lost everybody. Last year's Michigan team should be the worst you'll see. Because that was a team that had no experience. It's Harbaugh's third year. So, like, his guys, like, like the Rashawn Gary class is still sophomores. They're still young. They're still on their way up. That's that may be the worst Michigan team you'll ever see. Do not believe that that eight and four Michigan team is representative of what Michigan is. So now what they are is experienced because we just said they're only lost two starters on defense. They only lost five starters on offense. They're experienced and they're going to have the best quarterback play they've had. And they're also going to have the best offensive line coaching they've had with Ed Warner there, which I think Real is talk. Not, yeah I think. And um, Karan Higdon's back too, right? They're starting running back. Yeah, Higdon's back. Rusher. I believe Chris Evans is also back. Yeah, like yep. they have. I, I think they have real. And then, and then we talk about the receivers, right? Peoples Jones and Tariq Black. Well, like they have really good offensive skill, best skill. Yeah, they've had probably right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think like offensive line in addition to quarterback has been a real issue for them. And and they're they lose two starters on the offensive line, but we all know from following Ohio State since Urban Meyer got here, how good of an offensive line coach Ed Warner is. He's not calling the plays. He's just coaching the offensive line, and he's really good at that. He might be the best in the country at that, and I think that's not a small thing. That makes Michigan, I think, a much more dangerous team next year. And I think if you talk to people who cover Michigan or Michigan fans, they would tell you that the quarterback issues got a lot of attention from people like us who who are on the outside and don't cover Michigan on a daily basis. But the people who are around it all the time would tell you that the offensive line was non-functional. For, for yeah. many, many times in this Harbaugh era. Uh, absolutely non-functional. And again, I think they have the – and they won 10, 10, and 8 with at times non-functional offensive lines. And I think they have the ability to make a big jump there, as you said. And they have the best skill. I think, I think it may finally be the time where we see what a Jim Harbaugh offense at Michigan really looks like. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And I, and I also think – like I feel like whenever – and we talk about Michigan a lot, probably more than anyone else who covers Ohio State. Um, and when we do, I think people get angry because I feel like they feel like we're just like putting them on watch. Like, Ohio State's going to lose this year to Michigan. And that's not really what we're saying. But I think what we're saying, like, the, the the question of whether or not they can win eight games to me is, like, almost insulting, I think, with yes. how good Michigan could potentially be. I mean, we're not sitting here in May telling you, like, look out the end of November, Ohio State's going to lose to Michigan finally. Um, I don't think any of us think that right now. We'll see when the season plays out. But to think of Michigan as a team that's going to like try to scrape to get the eight wins to me, I think is is a little low when you're projecting them for next year. And it's just, I mean, we're just trying to, we're like giving you a little warning. You know, we just want you, we want you to have a realistic opinion, both of your team, which is we try to talk realistically about Ohio State on every one of these podcasts. But I think you need to have a realistic opinion um, of your main rival, the team that you care about next, the next most in your life. If you're an Ohio State fan, you care about Michigan next because you hate them. And they lost five games last year. They lost 14 to 10 to Michigan State. They got blown off the field by a really good Penn State team that was out for revenge, Yep. right? And that was at Penn State. 
They lost to a Wisconsin team that, again, like Wisconsin was undefeated when yeah. they beat Michigan. And lost our starting quarterback that game. And then they, they battled with Ohio State, and then they lost their bowl game. So they lost their last three, but this was a team that, that along the way, you know, they were 8-2 and two at one point. And then they lost to Wisconsin, Ohio State, and then their bowl game to South Carolina to end the year. So, and that was like, I mean, un, like there's just no question, this, the 2018 Michigan team will be better than the 2017 Michigan team. And 2017 Michigan was 8-2 and two at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like to say I have Michigan at 8, Driz, we love you. Driz, Driz, come on, we love you. But I just don't think that's realistic. I don't think that's a realistic assessment of a veteran team that Shea Patterson was the number one quarterback in the recruit recruit in the country, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Out of high school? Top five national player, yeah. That's who you're talking about here. So just like with robots, <laughs> be alert. That's all. Be alert. Tim, are you predicting Michigan will beat Ohio State? Is that what you just said? No. Tim, you said you said what? 84% chance that Michigan beats Ohio State? Wow. I'm not sure I would go there, but that's a good feeling for you. I do I do think though, like if the question was like give give where many can win eight they can win eight games, we should talk about the schedule like briefly. Okay, let's play the schedule game. Okay. Uh open at Notre Dame. Win. Now Notre Dame's a top fifteen preseason team. Mm-hmm. They'll be ranked very close to each other going into that game. That'll probably be like number twelve against number fourteen or something, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to look. Yeah, like Notre Dame loses a lot on offense, including two first-round offensive linemen. Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey both won the first round, right? Yeah, both in top ten. Yeah. Running back's gone. Lost some receivers. Like, I don't know. It just seems like the game to me, like everyone thinks Michigan might go in there and get rolled because it's at Notre Dame, and then Michigan wins and everyone gets their ears perked up a little bit on Michigan. USA Today, very early preseason rankings from May 1st. Uh, Michigan 13, Notre Dame 16. Just as a point of reference. Okay, after that, Western Michigan is win. 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 SMU. Win. Home against Nebraska. Win. Win. Unless Joe Burrow's there, then Joe Burrow will lead Nebraska. I'm just kidding. <laughs> at Northwestern. Win. Win. Maryland uh, at home. 6-0. Win. Okay, Wisconsin at home. Wisconsin's a fraud! And Michigan will be up for revenge. So that's 7-0. 7-0. At Michigan State. Um, I think Michigan State wins that game. Really? Yeah. yeah it seems like D'Antonio's had Harbaugh's number. I mean, the game last year in Ann Arbor, Michigan State probably had no business winning that game. Michigan except- State, another team with like everybody back. Exactly. Um... But, 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 but let me ask you this. I, Michigan State in the uh, USA Today way early rankings are uh, not there. Not no, you passed them. They were, Michigan I think State's they're 10 15, on SI. They're 15. Yeah, you, 15. you oh, passed sorry. them. Michigan 13, Michigan State 15, Notre Dame 16. Listen, here, here's the thing, though. Do you believe this statement to be true? Uh, well, will you believe this? When Ohio State and Michigan State are both very good, who has more talent? When Ohio State and Michigan State are very good? When Ohio State and Michigan State State are both very good. Who has more talent? Ohio Ohio State. Ohio State. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah. It doesn't mean, I mean, Michigan State's beaten very good Ohio State teams. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. But as you assess the game, you go in and say, well, Ohio State has more talent, so maybe Michigan State would do this to overcome that. Yeah. When Michigan and Michigan State are both good, who has more talent? Uh, Michigan. Should be Michigan. 
Yeah. Should be Michigan, right? I mean, yeah. is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's Michigan. Yeah. So, you know, there's the whole big, I mean, there's the thing, as you said, they've had their number or whatever. But again, if this is Michigan at its best, if this is the best Michigan team that we've seen, I mean, they obviously can win that game. Sure. No. It's in East Lansing. So you have them 8 no. Then a uh, bye, home against Penn State. Win. Win for Michigan? Coming off a bye, two weeks to prepare, and a revenge that, game. That helps. I mean, like, and you just don't know. You assume. I don't. Penn State's not going anywhere just because they lost Saquon Barkley. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know that I don't know that Penn State's top five team. Right? I think probably not. Yeah, I got I got questions outside of McSorley. I mean, they lost so many guys off that team. Penn State number nine in the USA Today preseason Sports rankings. Sports Illustrated has them 18. Uh, okay, so you both say win. Uh, I'll I'll say win because I, I think they'll win one of those games. So you guys have them currently undefeated. No, I had them. I think I had them losing to Michigan State. Okay, okay. you have them undefeated. Uh, what are they? A nine and zero. You're nine, nine and zero. Tim and I are both eight and one. Okay. At Rutgers, win. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, for all we know, uh, I say win. Hashtag for all we know. Okay, win. so you're at ten wins. Tim and I are at nine wins. Indiana. Win. You're at 11 wins. Tim and I are at 10 wins, and then the Ohio State game. All right, I'm calling it. They're both going to be undefeated going into that game. Okay. 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Ohio State, Michigan. Write it down. Whatever day it is that you're listening to this, and I hope it's the first day it's out. I hope it's today, which is May 16th. Write it down. 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Don't just write it down. Chisel it into your wall. Get a tattoo on your arm. 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0. Okay. Sorry, Driz. I like that. it was a really good question. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a very good question. So if the qu- restate the actual question, Tim. He asks, what is more likely to happen? Michigan to win nine games or Ohio State to make the playoff? So then like my answer, no doubt about it, is more likely is Michigan to win nine games. Because what'd you say for what? Ohio State to what? To make the playoff. Oh again. no, I thought you said to win I thought he said to win the playoff. Oh, to make the playoff, really hard. It's a really hard question. I still say Michigan. Because, like, Michigan, like, if Ohio State's, if that's an 11-0 versus 11-0 game and Ohio State loses Michigan, they might not make the playoff. So, like, I would say, yeah. I, and this is coming from a person who we all predicted Ohio State to win the national championship. Like, I'm pretty sure Ohio State's going to make the playoff. I'm 100% sure Michigan's going to win at least nine games. Yeah. On paper alone, on defensive talent alone, they should win nine games. That's how good I think their defense is. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I think I think they're both likely, but I'll if, you're, if I'm placing a bet, I'm placing a bet on Michigan to win. And you could place a bet on that. I could. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm turning my basement into a sports book. Did I tell you that? No. Um, okay, so do do we want to talk for five minutes about gambling and college sports? Or do we or not? I, I to be honest, I did a whole interview with like a sports gambling guy that's going to be the next one of the next takes by the lake podcast. So if you are interested in the legalization of sports gambling and what that means for Ohio, um, listen to my other podcast, Takes by the Lake. Subscribe to that separately. Do we want to do five minutes on like college football and sports gambling, or do we just want to talk about food and the Buckeyes? I mean, to be totally honest, it's a world that I do not know much about. Um, but I am happy to listen to you guys talk about it if you want to, <laughs> or, or if you want to share some of the stuff, you want to preview takes by the lake. Yeah, I, I think that would be I talk. That'd be a good way to go. I think. Up next on takes by the lake, <laughs> here's the main question I have about it as it relates to college sports: is 
should states consider limiting betting on in-state colleges? That if if college if sports gambling is going to be legal in the state of Ohio and and run by the state, or that they not run by the state, but that they license entities, and then here we just have we have gambling. Um, is there any caveat to that? Should it be that you can bet on everything, but you can't bet on sports played by Ohio State, Cincinnati, Kent State, Akron, Toledo, anybody like that? And should all should it will be each state's the whole thing about this is it's state by state? It's your own individual decision. Um, should that be something? And like I asked the guy I talked to about that and he was like no of course not yeah he did possibly suggest the idea of limiting the amount of an individual bet that you can place on those games so that you can't bet more than say five hundred dollars on a on a college game in your state maybe played in your state or played by a team from your state so that the idea is you can't you're not in trying to make it easy and enticing for anybody associated with the programs to try to make a make big money off of this. Yeah. Um, or uh, do you just allow it? And then I'm sure that, I mean, it's, you can't, I mean, they, they the NCAA has rules about like, you can't, they can't even do like office pools. Rick Neuheisel got in trouble yeah. when he was the uh, college football coach for doing a, a final four pool. They're very strict about that. They're not going to change. I'm sure they're not. They're not going to change their rules about that. I don't think. You're certainly, and just like any other sport, you're certainly not going to be allowed to bet on your own team in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so I'm very curious. I asked Ohio State if they would have wanted to have talk about this, if they had anyone I could talk to about it. They said, we don't have anything to say at this point in time. I'm very interested in, like, would Ohio State as a university make a rule that, for instance, no one employed by the university may bet on an Ohio State athletic event, mm. even though it's legal? If we, if you're a professor, if you work in the cafeteria, if you work in the bookstore, if you are working human resources, if we find out that you made a legal bet on an Ohio State sporting event, you're fired. I don't even know how you would police that. I mean, I don't know how you would police it either unless you just tell people that's the rule. Yeah. Break it at your own risk, but you know it. You're not allowed to do it. And then, like, if someone's like, well... I'm not going to risk my job to bet right. 20 bucks on Ohio State, Michigan, right? Like, would that be something the university would be interested in? Certainly, they're going to do. Certainly, they're going to make sure you know the players and the coaches and anybody associated with the actual team can't do it. I'm curious how far they would extend it. Um, there's some, I think, a, a question right now about how, what the gambling thing will look like. Will you go into like a betting parlor at, down the street? Will you be able to do it online or on your phone? Yeah. Would I was wondering would they would they possibly do anything where they like shut off access if you're in the stadium in the stadium or on campus? Yeah. Or if you're on, which I don't, they can do. Which, I don't know. Like, I think it's worth explaining the thing about Nevada. Like you can do that. So in Nevada, like the sports books, you all can get an app on your phone, and so like you just open an account and put either put money in it or put your credit card on it. And and the guy I was talking to said like the vast amount of sports betting in Nevada where it's been legal for ages, is now done on people's phones. They don't go into a sports book. They don't walk up to a window and hand over a $20 bill and make a bet. They do it on their phone. And then, But that that website, that app, doesn't work outside the state lines of Nevada. Right. So you could limit it like that, but could you then, could Ohio State say, we're shutting that down? We don't even want, because I'm not, would Ohio State be okay with their students betting? 
because I'm in class with somebody on the football team, and somebody on the football team said, yeah, nobody knows it, but the running one of our running backs is hurt this week. And then that student runs off and makes a bet on the game. Like, And then I'll, you know, like, do yeah. you just want to, and I'm, I'm not trying to imply nefarious motives to anybody associated with the football program. I'm just trying to think of real world things. I mean, it can even be as simple as like, uh, like we don't, I guess we could hang out on campus if we wanted to, but we don't. And it's very possible you see an Ohio State player like with a walking boot. Yep. And then that's like that's not the player telling you anything other than you using your own eyes to see that, that guy's injured, and then you place a bet with that information. And and I know obviously that can happen right now. That very well may happen somewhere, somewhere in the world, somewhere in America around sports teams, which in which betting lines are offered in Nevada or by offshore um, betting sites. That there are people with inside knowledge in or around teams who use that knowledge to make bets. Yep. I'm sure that's happening on some level somewhere. But now it's legal and down the street. And does that change anything about it? Like it's 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 I'm I'm very curious because one thing it's like one thing, would the state limit it? Would Ohio say, listen, we're just not gonna let you bet on Ohio State? Or would it would it be like listen, it's legal. What can we do? It's legal. Yeah. It's up to the university if it wants to to limit it. And I would bet Ohio State would do something. Ohio State might, but I, I I can't see it as being a universal thing. I'm sure the NCAA will do whatever it can to like try to persuade states to make it a thing, but that's not going to work. And I can't imagine a world where like West Virginia is one of the states that's like like ready to go. Like when this right? Yes. You're going to tell people in West Virginia that doesn't have any professional sports teams that you can't bet on the University of West Virginia football game, or in Nebraska, or like Alabama, yeah. I don't think has it, but like states where like the college football team is the only thing that matters. Right. You can't bet on that team. So, and I guess that's sort of what that guy said is like, because that's sort of the whole fun of it. Yeah, um, is hey, I put twenty bucks on the team I love. So, um, so I guess what maybe you would do is you would limit the amount so that you don't knock out the fun of the recreational gambler, who the thing they would get out of it the most uh, is a is a fun bet on the team they follow. Um, so, so I guess that makes sense. That I, I, I can see why you wouldn't just say no. You were not allowing it, but I think the state may limit the amount, and I think the universities may be very interested in limiting not only, of course, the coaches and the players, and anyone around employed by the team. Of course, they can't bet, but I just wonder about students and professors and you know administrators that it's a legal thing. It's legal, but are you gonna let? If you just make a rule, I don't know. I'm very – I wish Ohio State would talk to me about it. I'm very curious about it. I think it's very interesting. And, like, I'm mostly for, like, you should kind of be able to do with you uh, – should kind of be able to do what you want as long as you're not hurting anybody. Um, but there's, like, the temptation thing there of, like, you're, if, you're, if you're just, like, for the good of, of everybody associated with it and even the perception of it is, like, limit it, hardcore limit it and say – if you get a paycheck from Ohio State, you may not bet on Ohio State. If, if we find doesn't mean we're going to be following you to the sports book, but if we find out that you do, you're fired. I'm not sure that that would be unreasonable. And if you don't, yeah. and if you want to bet, and, and if you work for Ohio State, you can bet on the Browns. Yeah. You can bet on Alabama, Auburn. You mm-hmm. cannot bet on Ohio State. And if you want to bet on Ohio State, go get another job. And I, w- I would imagine that those rules would, like, if you're an employee of an NBA franchise, I doubt you'd be able to bet on that franchise. And then you're talking about, like, students are obviously not employees, but everyone's an employee of Ohio State. It's kind of like it's kind of like you're part of the organization, I guess. It's just different because, like, yeah, the Cavs are the Cavs, and the Browns are the Browns. 
but we're I'm, we're not talking about Ohio State football. We're talking about Ohio State, right. which obviously extends. Someone who works in human resources in the business school has nothing to do with the football team. Yeah, but they're employed by Ohio State. Would you extend it to them? I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we should we do other questions? Should you didn't Brook Wisconsin yet. Though. Oh, I have Brook Wisconsin. <laughs> what did I say that I was so mad about? What was the thing? Yeah, you're you're I mad think, that they're like uh, that. I think uh, trendy like playoff. Ah, ridiculous! So this list, whose list is this? I'm gonna have it. Let's get him on the podcast. Paul Meyerberg and his top twenty-five from May. Clemson one, Alabama two, Wisconsin three. Washington 4, Ohio State 5. This is the age-old saying of just because you have people back doesn't mean you want them all back. So here's the thing. I'm not criticizing. Am, am I here to criticize Wisconsin? Actually, yes, I am. Yep. They didn't play anybody last year. They went undefeated during a regular season against no one. Except for the Michigan team we just kind of said was decent last year. But they were decent last year. They didn't, we also said they didn't have a quarterback or an offensive line. Correct. So they beat, they did that, and then they they beat an Ohio State team that Ohio State was basically going to control most of that game. Wisconsin came back. Also, Ohio State's quarterback. They didn't beat Ohio State. I mean, I mean, they played with an Ohio State team. They lost to Ohio State. Ohio State was in control much of the game, but Ohio, Wisconsin did make it like a three point game in the fourth quarter, or whatever. Of note, in that game, Ohio State's quarterback probably should have been in the hospital, but was not. <laughs> um, and, and so that, and then you went and beat a Miami team that Miami also had overachieved all year. I'm just telling you that the West, the Big Ten West, no offense, is a bunch of frauds. And so that's fine. I'm not disparaging Wisconsin. I'm just saying that Wisconsin is a fraud. No, but I'm not. I love Paul Christ. Yep. Love him. Camp counselor, Paul Christ. Love him. Vacation Bible study camp counselor Paul Christ. NPR host Paul Christ. Yep. Walks around in the woods of Wisconsin and puts out forest fires. Love him. I just think when you have a list and the list goes Clemson, Alabama, Wisconsin. Why is Washington four? Washington, it's Ohio State. Noodle arm Jake Browning. Like I like, are we really like? Are, so Wisconsin has everybody back, and Ohio State lost Jerome Baker and is going to replace him with Baron Browning, and Ohio State lost Sam Hubbard and is going to replace him with Chase Young, and Ohio State lost who else did they lose? Tyquan Lewis and Ohio State Denzel Ward. lost Denzel Ward is going to replace him with Jeffrey Okuda, and like we're going to like try and pretend there's some world. Where it's like, well, Wisconsin has everybody back. Do they have Jeffrey Okuda? <laughs> Do you have a Jeffrey Okuda? Show me Wisconsin's Chase Young, and then I'll put you in the preseason top five. I'm going to put them in the top five of my AP preseason poll just to make you angry. Jonathan Taylor, last year, d- Tim, double-check this. In the Big Ten Championship game, Jonathan Taylor rushed for 4,000 yards during the regular season. And in the Big Ten Championship game, he rushed 61 times for 19 yards. Is that correct? Am I? That's the right number, is it not? Um, You're close. 15 okay. times for 41 yards. Oh, I actually was really <laughs> close. That Jonathan Taylor, who during the rest of the season, looked like a Heisman candidate. 
No offense to Antonio Williams, as we said in a previous podcast, he's Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams couldn't get on the field at Ohio State and had to transfer to North Carolina. Do not give me. Who would you rather have? Let's play the who would you rather have game. <laughs> How many starts does Alex Hornibrook have as a Big Ten quarterback? Two years worth, right? He's like 24 I don't, I don't think he started... He started every game last year, and I think he started most of the games the year before that. 20? Split a little bit. 20? 20. 20. 20-ish. How many does Dwayne Haskins have? Zero. Zero? Who do you want? Take Martell. <laughs> no, Haskins. Haskins. Although I did, I used to call Hornerbrook Noodle Arm, and I have backed off that. Don't! Don't back off! No, I backed off it last year. He got a little better. He's a, I will say he is... <laughs> I love when you called him Noodle Arm. Yeah. I will say Alex Hornerbrook <laughs> is a pretty darn good country singer. He's actually not, though. I thought that was a terrible rendition of a Zach Brown. I thought it was really? at least decent. I mean, props to him for getting up in front of people and singing, because I would never do that. But just because you do it doesn't mean you're good at it. <laughs> also, that also applies <laughs> to playing quarterback. Because yeah. here's the thing, and I'm don't do I want to rip Wisconsin? Do I want to disparage Wisconsin? Yes, I do. But no, I don't. I don't because of course it's Wisconsin. Twenty three starts. Twenty three career starts. Is Wisconsin a top fifteen team for the preseason? Absolutely. Of course they are. Please don't rank them ahead of Ohio State and right behind Alabama. Please don't. Please don't. Don't embarrass yourself. Bill, I'm talking to you and your future ballot. Don't. Just be a realistic person because they're going to lose. You know how they won all those games last year and they beat everything? They're going to lose this year. They're going to lose one of those games because you don't just – go undefeated in back-to-back regular seasons, no matter how lousy your division is. And their division's pretty lousy. And and so don't... If Wisconsin had been in the East last year and had also... They played Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. Who else did they play from the East last year? Um, I got to pull up the schedule. Uh, Um, They played Maryland in Indiana. Oh, they did? Oh, they played Maryland? Oh, they played Maryland in Indiana? This year, they play at Michigan. Okay. Home against Rutgers. Okay. At Penn State. Okay. So, last year they played Maryland, Indiana, and they got Michigan at home. Mm-hmm. And this year they play at Michigan and at Penn State. Yep. And, and a human a human person put them number three in the preseason poll. They if Wisconsin was in the East last year... Would they have gone undefeated? If they had played Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State last year, would they have gone undefeated? I no. think no. Why are we living in a fantasy world? Why are we living in a fantasy world where you bring back everybody from a team that went 12-0 and in a terrible division and we're going to pretend they're the third best team in America? Don't do that to yourself. Michigan's going to win more games than Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to lose to Penn State. They're going to lose to Michigan. They're going to lose both those road games. Who's their non-conference? San Diego State, uh, BYU, Me- yeah, Hawaii. B- BYU. Who is it? It's Western Kentucky, New Mexico, and then BYU. Oh, oh, wow! Way to test yourself. Western Kentucky's going to beat them. Wisconsin's going six and six. And if you don't like it, you can mail this podcast to Paul Crisp, and he and Brian Ferentz can come on together. But don't put Wisconsin third in the country and point me to a chart of returning starters and a 12-0 regular season from a year ago when you know in your heart it's a fraud. And you just made me disparage Wisconsin when they are certainly one of the best 15 teams in the country. But there's no way, there's no way they should be on anyone's list of a top five preseason team. I don't care 
who they have back. I was about to ask how you mail podcasts, and I'm like, oh yeah, you just send them an email. Like, or are you asking physical, physically mail them this podcast? Take your phone, wrap your phone, put your phone in an envelope, and send it to Paul Christ and say, here, hit play at this point, right at this section. <laughs> and I'm not, and I wrote a story about Paul Christ last year. I love Paul Christ. Yeah. He's a good I coach. just, I'm just trying to be, can't we be realistic? Yes. I can we, we can. be realistic? Yes. If Wisconsin, had played Georgia or Alabama during the regular season last year, If was, would they have been undefeated? No. No! Why do we have to pretend? Are we here not? Are we trying not to offend the Big Ten West? They've got to switch it, by the way. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's only going to get worse. Uh, I don't Population know. Population centers. Population centers. Yeah, I guess so. Scott Frost is getting the walk-off program know, going to Nebraska I, I again, know, though. I know, I know, Scott Frost. I mean, I think Nebraska, but also, like, also, by the way, Nebraska sucks. Oh, oh, like Nebraska's the other good program. Nebraska's supposed to be the other good program in that division. Maybe, they maybe Purdue. Rileyed themselves into oblivion last year. What was the Wisconsin Purdue score last year? Seventeen uh, thirteen. Did Jeff Brom almost beat? The team that's currently ranked number three in the preseason rankings. Yeah, we were at Nebraska, I think, when that game was going on. And let me pulling it up right now for you. Purdue schedule from last season. <sighs> Wisconsin seventeen, Purdue nine. Wow! Congratulations, well, third best oh, team yeah, in America. We were watching that game, and we, yeah, I was like on the field in Nebraska watching the game on the video board. And Purdue went ten and two last year, right? No, they won seven and six. Oh, they, they, they did. They did beat the mighty Khalil Tate in Arizona. Oh, okay. So Purdue. Arizona was so good it has a new coach now. Okay. So just save it. Just save it until somebody from the Big Ten West does something other than beat up the rest of the Big Ten West. And then we can come back and have this conversation on a future podcast, which will never happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Questions. That wasn't a question. No, you just saw that and you wanted to rant about it. I saw we're going to (laughs) do. I like when I see things. If they were ranked five, would you be as angry? They can't be ranked ahead of Ohio State. Like, they cannot be ranked in the preseason ahead of Ohio State. Ahead of an Ohio State team that beat them with a quarterback who had a robot knee. (laughs) And, again, like, if you're pointing me toward, like, returning starters, go away. But that's the only thing you can be pointing me toward. If you're comparing Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Ohio State played, Ohio State won. Wisconsin's ranked ahead of Ohio State. What are you basing that off of? Put your returning starters in an envelope and mail them to Brian Ferentz because I don't want to hear about it, and it's just an embarrassing evaluation of the Big Ten. If you have a current top 25, anyone out there who has this, who's made a preseason top 25, if the number one team from the Big Ten on your list is from the Big Ten West, set your list on fire and get a clue about college football. Okay, let's catch up on a million questions I've oh, yeah. answered the last three weeks. I like this one. And I'm just reading these in like the order I like them. No rhyme or reason to it. But this was an interesting question. Uh, Josh Curry says, or maybe it's Curie, it's one R. He said, if all the defensive backslash secondary guys since 2014 came out in the same draft, how would you have them ranked in order of breast, <coughs> breast, best prospect? That list includes Bradley Roby, Duran Grant, Eli Apple, Von Bell, Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, Gary Conley, and Denzel Ward. <sighs> okay, can you list them again? Sure. Let's, wait, is this my, is my pen working? Okay, try it again. Bradley Roby. I'm going to put BR. 
Duran Grant. Duran Grant. Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. Von Bell. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Malik Hooker. Mm-hmm. Gary Ann Conley. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward. Okay. Do you know what I realized like two days ago, by the way? Hmm. The Browns traded Malik Hooker for Denzel Ward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the number 12 pick yeah. that they traded down. And turned into the number four pick the next year. That they could have picked Deshaun Watson. Hugh Jackson has said the guy he wanted was Malik Hooker. And so if they would have kept that pick and not traded down, Watson is who went 12. Malik Hooker went 15, three picks later. If the Browns had made that pick, I think it's almost certain it would have been Malik Hooker. And then by not making that pick, they picked Peppers mm-hmm. later in that round. And they got the number four pick and picked Denzel Ward the next year. So we're are we assessing them that like corners get a little ex- like are we assessing them like NFL draft guys? Well, that's, I guess we have to set the parameters. He just said he just said how would you rank them, and I don't know if like can we use the benefit of hindsight and like know what they've done so far? Because then no, okay. I say no. He said simply as dra- best draft. So what we thought of them coming out of Ohio State. So uh, so if we evaluated them in the moment as a draft prospect entering the draft. That evaluation in order, taking into account, I th- let's take into account their position. That yeah. in general, corners are value higher, valued higher than safeties in general. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's that's run down. I have my number one guy. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I have my number one guy too. Tim, do, do we want to? Do we? Does everybody have uh, know the list in their head? Uh, I have it in front of me. Okay, I have it in front of me too because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who's your number one guy? Marshawn Lattimore. Who's your number one guy? Lattimore. He's my number one guy, too. And I'm not sure that it's close. No, like I... No. I didn't. I started covering the team in 2014, so I didn't cover Bradley Roby. So, but, like, I've, saw, I've seen all the other guys, and I would take Lattimore over all of them. And I don't... You covered Roby, and yeah. I would think it would be crazy to think you would take him over Lattimore. Not crazy, but, yeah. but you wouldn't yeah. do it. All right. Who's your number two, Tim? Hooker. Who's your number two, Landis? Mm, Hooker. Also my number two. <laughs> Who's your number three, Bill? Um, Conley. Who's your number three, Tim? Um, I think I'll take Conley. Uh, my three is between two guys, and neither of them is Conley. Um. I probably would say Denzel. Okay. He's my four. He's your four. Who's your four, Tim? Same. Okay. My four is Roby. No doubt about it. Who's your five, Tim? Roby. In spite of what I thought of as 2013. Who's your five? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I want to say Apple, again, because like I didn't cover Bradley Roby, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't like, evaluate him as a draft prospect. But I did think Eli Apple was going to be good, and he hasn't been so far. But I'll, I'll say Apple. Okay. Um, and then I would have Roby six. I'm uh, I'm conflicted. I'm close on two guys. I'm going to go five Conley. My six is Von Bell. Oh yeah, I forgot about Von Bell. Tim, who's your six? Von Bell. Can I make Von Bell my five? Yeah. And make Apple my six. Yep. Okay. So then, um. My seven is Apple, and my eight is Grant. I'm assuming that's the same for you, Tim? Yes. And Bill, you have Grant and Roby left. You're kind of... I would say Roby and then Grant. Yeah, yeah. okay. 
Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's interesting. Again, we just said, I mean, Denzel Ward, Denzel Ward is my three and he's the four for you guys. He went higher than anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy on that list that was a top five pick. I mean, it's a, it's a ridiculous exercise because we're talking about Roby, first rounder, Grant, fourth rounder, Apple, number 10 overall, Bell, second rounder, Lattimore, number 11 overall, Hooker, 15 overall, Conley in the twenties, Ward, number four overall. That there's, yeah, Conley was 28, right? That there's that and he dropped a little bit because of the off field stuff. I yeah. think he might have been a top 20 pick otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lattimore is clearly number one. I think the only way you get off Hooker at number two is if you are so valuing corner over safety that you can't put a safety second. And then you somehow allow yourself to put Conley or Ward or Roby over Hooker only based on positional value. But I think a lot of people, and I think us included, believe that Malik Hooker is a transformational safety. Yeah, it was just yeah, and he didn't play last year; he was hurt. But yeah, I thought I me, mean, uh, Greg Schiano compared him to Ed Reed, and I thought that wasn't crazy. So it's like if he's Ed Reed, yeah. then it's like okay, well, yeah, I don't care if he's not a corner, right? Um, and I do think Denzel, I mean, I think Denzel's right there. I mean, I thought Roby was going to be really good. Roby is another guy who's just like. He's been good. He's been good, yeah. He's been good. Yeah. Fast, physical, uh, good attitude, smart. Like, I like I like everything about Roby. Um, you know, I, I think Conley, to me, is actually just like a, a, a little bit of a step below that group of guys. Really? Like okay. a, a half step below, like. Then if Lattimore is one, and then I, I would put like Ward and Apple or Ward and, and Roby as corners, and then Conley after that, and then to me Apple, I think Apple going ten was just an absolute shock. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a reach by the Giants, and I think I think he's a guy who really probably should have gone in the twenties. Still a first rounder, I think, but ten, yeah, ten was was shockingly high. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Great question. Was a really good question, Brock Doctor. He says, I have an obscure food-related question. He says, I grew up watching my dad eat squirrels, deer hearts, pig testicles, turkey necks, chicken gizzards, and chicken livers. We were not a nomadic forest-dwelling family. Is that normal food behavior? No. Does he want us to – I thought he was going to say, rank in order which of those things – I was going to say, number one, pig testicles, obviously. (laughs) Uh, I I think he just wanted us to tell him that his dad is a weirdo. Is his dad setting up challenges on? What, did they set up challenges on the original Fear Factor episodes? Maybe. I respect someone who lives off the land because yeah. I have no ability to do so. I have a friend who can do that. Like if 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 there was a, a robot apocalypse um, and we were all on our own, I know like my friend who I would go like try to find so he could take care of me. Ari. <laughs> Ari's mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I respect somebody who can do that. Also economical. Yeah, it did make me want to ask you guys, what's the weirdest thing you've ever, is it eaten? Eaten? Eaten. Eaten. eaten? <laughs> what's the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? I had a kangaroo burger. Really? Yeah, it was pretty good. Did it have a, did it have like a pouch on it? No. No. Um, probably raw koala. I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's Australian <laughs> sushi. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a very, I mean, not surprising. Maybe like uh, like pesto sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I had an apple once. <laughs> yeah, Tim's is like asparagus. Um, maybe, uh, I think I had alligator. Like a, just like Oh, a, I love alligator, yeah. You love alligator? Yeah, it's really good. Like, like, like as like calamari, like a breaded appetizer? Yeah, when we were in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, I might have had like blackened alligator every day we were there. Really? Yeah. I had it several times. Tim, what about you? Uh, I don't think I have anything that exotic. I just have to say lamb. Cute. Yep. 
Cute uh, and delicious. I used to always get venison and veal mixed up. Which one was a deer and which one was like a baby? Oh yeah, veal. Yeah, venison is deer and veal is like a calf they lock in the dark. Yeah, because yeah. like it would be like it would be like oh like you'd be somewhere really fancy, and they'd be like, would you like the veal chop for sixty three dollars? And I was like, why is this fancy restaurant serving deer? Um, and it was it's veal. I'm confused by it. I would eat a baby cow. Would you eat all baby animals? I've never had veal, but not because I'm morally opposed to it. I've just never had it. Yeah, but I think I'd probably try it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you eat a baby animal, Tim? Uh, morally, no. Morally? What's your... Okay, now we have to know. At what age does it become morally appropriate to consume an animal? How old do cows live for? Do we know that question? Uh, 135 years. <laughs> I would think at least like... I swear to God, if there is a person out there listening to this podcast who has already started Googling... 18 to 22 years. How long do cows <laughs> live for? If Tim Bielek said, how long do cows live for? And within five seconds you started Googling it, please tweet at us. We're going to send you a prize. I don't know what it is. No, we're not going to send you a prize. We don't have any money. Also, here's something. The natural lifespan of cattle is 15 to 20 years. The typical age at which they are slaughtered is 18 months. Wow. <laughs> that's, what? Like, yeah. That sounds like a good range. Like, one to two years, like, I'm okay with it. If, it, if they're, like, if, it, if, it, if they told me it's baby cow, I'm like, eh, maybe. If like, if, like, if a cow was, like, sucking on a pacifier and wrapped up in a blanket, you would yeah. not eat it? When it gets to the age where, like, it's equivalent to, like, a horse running at the Kentucky Derby, if it's, like, three years old, then I got no problems. Just hand me the steak. Yeah. Calves are usually slaughtered when they reach 18 to 20 weeks of age. Really? Yeah. I would, is there, if you'd Google, what is the most delicious age of a cow? <laughs> um, my favorite age of the cow is the most delicious age. Yeah. Okay. That got a little weird. <laughs> there were a lot of food questions, so sorry. Uh, Adam... Gottmoller, I think is how you say it. Uh, says uh, Chicago or New York style uh, pizza. Is this the uh, is this the fight question? Uh, it might be. Yeah, the little responded and said New York Chicago style is trash. I don't want lasagna. Uh, Tim Jessberger said Chicago deep dish is a Tim Beck of pizzas. <laughs> Doug DeLillo said Tim Beck is one hundred and fifty percent DiGiorno pizza. DiGiorno said dot 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 dot. DeLillo said I said what I said. DiGiorno said clearly, DeLillo said, see ya. How, how does DiGiorno Pizza know that being compared to Tim Beck is an insult? They know. Everyone knows. Wow. DiGiorno, DiGiorno knows everything. They do. Like, you know, like, uh, who's, who's, like the, who's like the serial name searcher? So Von Bell? Von Bell used to search his name. Right? Oh, yeah. DiGiorno's a name searcher on Twitter. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. yeah. Isaiah Prince is a name searcher, I oh, yeah. think, sometimes, too. Yeah. There's a family at my daughter's school who has two sons named Isaiah and Prince. Hmm. Yeah, Big Buckeye fans. I, I, uh, I saw him at school the other day, and I said, um, you're not a left tackle. Yeah. yeah I started <laughs> to cry. I also, like, to answer this question, I don't think you can compare the two. I almost view them as different foods. But if you ask me which I would prefer, I would prefer New York style. Tim? Uh, I am going to make a lot of people on that Twitter stream hate me, Chicago, by a slim margin because I just like I feel like in Chicago you could pack a lot more flavor into it. Like crust wise, I think they're crust wise they're both very good. You guys have turned me on to New York crust, like the authentic New York style crust from New Jersey. Yes, but Chicago you get like you get a nice, good crisp at times. I think Giordano's mm-hmm. has a little bit of a crisp to it, mm-hmm. but it's solid enough where I don't have to do it all with a fork. I can pick it up in one hand and eat it like a normal slice of pizza. 
But I just like how Chicago packs things in. Somewhat compared to lasagna, what's wrong with having lasagna that you can hold in one hand? It's not pizza. So I enjoy both a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been a life-changing experience for me to have a Giordano's pizza come to a place two miles from my house. Because uh, I started eating Chicago-style pizza when I went to college in the Chicago suburbs and ate it all the time. But then once I left there, uh, it became a treat. It was like when you're in Chicago, every single time I'd ever gone to Chicago since then, I would eat that. I would look forward to it. I would stuff myself with it. Um, and it was a treat. Whereas uh, if I were in you know, a place in America that had normal pizza – New York style pizza, as opposed to say Columbus. Yeah, um, I could eat that literally every day and never get sick of it. I have come to find that having a Giordano's down the road, as much as I love Chicago style pizza, I would not want to eat Chicago style pizza every day. But I actually do think I could eat very good New York style pizza every day and not get. I've never gotten tired of it, and I've lived in places where I could. I didn't. I'm not going to say I ate pizza. Would I say I ate pizza every meal? I wouldn't say that. Would I say I ate pizza every other meal? Yeah, I would say that. And I never got tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I, – I couldn't get tired of deep dish, but I think for me – You could not get tired of it. <clears throat> what I, if you went it three nights in a row? Maybe. But, I mean, it's, it's a thing where I think you have to save it for special Wait occasions. a whole firm, Tim. <laughs> but I do think – but I think – but would you say the same thing about other pizza, that you would only save it for special occasions? Take out the price. Just take about – Take into only consideration your enjoyment of it, the eating of it. Would you say that about other pizza? Well, I wouldn't want to eat other pizza all the time. I only want to save it for special occasions. No. Okay. Like, draft night was a Giordano's night. The NBA All-Star Weekend, which me and my fiancé my fiance loves, it's around Valentine's Day. That's a, that's a deep dish Man, night. You, got, you make the NBA All-Star Weekend a romantic affair. She Love loves that. basketball. I'm, I'm jealous of that relationship. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's have a party. Let's have a Buckeye Talk party at Tim's apartment yep. for NBA All-Star Weekend. Give space for like, uh, what do people listen to podcasts now? Like 10 million? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure we could all fit in my apartment. 8,000. 8,000. If you like a subway ride. Yeah. Only DeLillo would show up. So I do think I, it is, uh, it is uh, that is my differentiation. I, I do truly love both. I would put both. If we're separating them into two categories, I would put both in like my top five favorite foods. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, I could mm-hmm. not get tired of a triangle cut good New York style pizza. I, I could eat, I could if you told me I had to eat it every day, I wouldn't complain. If I had to eat Chicago style pizza every day, I'd be like, oh God, I'm kinda getting tired of this. Okay, football question. Mm. From Christian Christian Zilstra. If you could have one player or coach from another Big Ten team and play him in Ohio State for twenty eighteen, which one would you choose slash who would make the biggest impact? Ooh. He sent this on May 8th, and I think I wrote down some stuff. Oh, for real? Yeah. Going into the Fenster backpack. The Feskin. I'm going to get a new one for the season because this one's broken. Uh oh. Um, if Feskin backpacks want to sponsor this podcast, let us know. Like, I would love to see Rashawn Gary on the defensive line with Nick Bosa and Chase Young and Draymond Jones. Would you play Gary inside? A yeah. Amount? I would play him inside. Yeah. But I don't think, like,. I wouldn't pick. I would pick him for entertainment purposes. I don't think I'd pick him based on need. Um, I looked at some of the Wisconsin offensive linemen: mm. Michael Dieter at center, and Bo. I can't say his last name. Ben Schwal or something like that. 
uh, as a guard, interior offensive lineman. Jawan Johnson, a receiver from Penn State, who is a giant that Ohio State has some guys like similar in body type, but haven't really done it. Um, Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa, I thought would be good. But mm. I think my answer, because he said player or coach, I think I would take Don Brown. Even though instead of Greg Schiano, yeah, instead of Greg Schiano, or like you'd make Don Brown like instead of Larry Johnson. What's Don Brown's position? Linebackers, I think. Okay, I'm in. Ha! Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, it was mostly just anything like, to replace a linebackers coach. Just kidding, not kidding. Like Greg Schiano, I think is a really good coach. When we talked about how good of a coach he is, I I feel like Ohio State's defense can get like a little boring sometimes. Hmm. And like they're really good and they're solid. Doesn't matter. But like Don Brown does some interesting things. And I wouldn't mind Ohio State mixing it up a little bit on defense. Very interesting answer. You said player or coach? It's player or coach, yeah. I know your answer is Jeff Brown. <laughs> well, I mean, who wouldn't want to see this Ohio State offense with a guy Keep in mind, you're replacing Urban Meyer. Yeah, you can't make Jeff Brown <laughs> like your quarterback's coach. You have to keep them in the same position. Oh. So Tim, Tim Bielek who said earlier in this podcast that there was a 91% chance that Michigan was beating Ohio State, <laughs> would now fire Urban Meyer if Jeff Brown was available. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's what Tim Bielek said. Oh, I didn't know it had to be the same position, but uh, I kind of agree with Bill. You want to vote Jeff Brown? Yeah, I would, yeah. Well, I do like the idea of Don Brown coaching this Ohio State defense because I do – I. putting Don Brown's aggressive tendencies with this front four is just downright terrifying – and I could see, you know, even though Ohio State's corners aren't exact, you've lost three first-round cornerbacks in two years. I'd be interested in how they would look like in a ve- continuing aggressive scheme, aided by blitzes and all those things. Player-wise, I would want to take Donovan Peoples-Jones. Good pick. Because I, because I, we've said it before, the receiving core seems like maybe outside of Austin Mack, just guys, and I want a dude. Yep. And DPJ is a. Dude. Are we sure? Well, he looks like a dude. Well, Ohio I, State has Ohio, a bunch of guys who look like a Ohio dude. Ohio State wanted him to be a dude. Yeah, they did want him. Either I would take either him or Tariq Black because I'm I was a big Tariq Black fan early in the season before he got hurt. But Peoples Jones could fit the role as, as I think potentially number one receiver and be a punt returner. Although I don't know yeah, if but I want to replace Demario. I know that Tim, you you're would so have a, ruthless. You would have a fun battle, I think. Well, we're living in fantasy land right now. So. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with Tim Bielek saying that Demario McCall should not be on this team, but I'm just telling you Tim <laughs> Bielek said it. Um, and we haven't even gotten to my hottest of hot takes yet. Keep in mind there are other teams in the Big Ten besides Michigan. Okay, here is my question. Tim. Yes. Where did Donovan Peoples-Jones rank in the Big Ten in receiving yards last year? Well, he was obviously very low because Michigan's quarterbacks were terrible, so... 18? I don't know where he ranked because he wasn't in the top 50. <laughs> in the Big Ten? In the Big Ten. The Big Ten had 50 guys have at least 303 yards receiving. Look him up now. And I don't see Donovan Peoples-Jones on that list. He had fewer receiving yards than Benjamin Victor. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess my – I think my answer – I'm just busting your chops because I I think my answer would be the best receiver in the Big Ten. I just don't know who that is. Like, people love DJ Moore in this draft, and I think I've maybe I've talked about this before. It's always very hard for me to evaluate Big Ten, other Big Ten players in the NFL draft because there's some guys I follow on Twitter who, like, loved DJ Moore. And I was like, DJ Moore? He played Ohio State. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, what? why do you love DJ Moore? And Ohio State – 
screws up my evaluations of other Big Ten guys because they come and play Ohio State and they stink. Um, so I don't know. Like, is Stanley Morgan Jr. still in the Big Ten? Yeah, from Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. He was second in the Big Ten in receiving yards last year. But, like, Moore's gone. Deshaun Hamilton from Penn State is gone. Simi Cobbs Jr., who was fourth, is gone. Um, like, J.D. Spielman was fifth last year. But, like, I'm not so mm. sure that DeMario McCall isn't J.D. Spielman if you gave him a chance. You know, like Paris Campbell, I think, would do can do what J.D. Spielman did. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's Juwan Johnson, like you said, from Penn State. He was he was uh, seventh in the Big Ten in receiving yards last year. But I feel like that would get them over the top. And maybe I think – I think um, well, they're pretty good at tackle. I mean, I guess if, if you knew for sure there's like an all-Big Ten tackle, I, I get it. But it's not like they're super – like, you know, we talked about like uh, Thayer Munford left tackle. But I said that's not one of my five greatest concerns. So – I think the center, like that's a smart thing. Like there's clearly center. Well, has yeah, been an Dieter, Dieter started at center. I think he started at center guard and tackle. Like he can play whatever. And so, like you know, if you want to throw like another monster defensive tackle in next to Draymond Jones with Chase Young and Nick Bosa, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know, like who's the best linebacker in the Big Ten, but it's like Devin you, Bush, maybe. Like is he better than Baron Browning? Like who are you going to take off the like? I just, I mean, I'm not saying that Ohio State has the 22 best players in the Big Ten. I sound like a homer today, I realize. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We're just feeling the Buckeyes. Yeah. Is there a great? I don't know. I don't know who's great. I don't know who's great. Um, it's easier to answer, like, in the middle of the season. You yeah. say, God, like, get Maurice Hurst on this team or yeah. get DJ Moore on this team. Um, I'm not sure who the answer is. And, like, and I wouldn't want – I mean, honestly, I wouldn't – I would not take Dwayne Haskins off the field. I would not – before you saw what he could do, I would not take him off the field for any quarterback in the Big Ten. If you said you could have Shea Patterson or yeah. Brian Lewerke or Trace McSorley. McSorley, I wouldn't take – no. We've seen that game here. Yeah. Also, by the way, another thing I'm starting to rant about, I've already seen a few of the stories like building up Trace McSorley this year by comparing him to Baker Mayfield. And I think we in the past have compared him to Baker Mayfield. Like, I get it. Similar playing styles. But come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Well, Are you serious? I mean, like, I love Trace McSorley, but come on, man. Like, that's not – I'm not starting the Trace McSorley-Heisman campaign because he kind of looks like Baker Mayfield. Where? How many receiving guards did Donovan Peoples-Jones have last Donovan year? Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, 16 catches, 219 yards. Okay. So, I mean, I don't disagree with the sentiment. Um, I'm just not sure who the other best players in the Big Ten are right now. And, and that's part of – there's nobody – like, who would you say a year ago? A year ago, if somebody asked this question, what would you have said? I mean, I would have said Saquon Barkley. Like, I don't know. Like, Mike I Weber know was, would, I mean, Saquon Barkley was the best player in the Big Ten, but I but don't like, know. Like, Mike Weber was fine the year before. Yeah. We didn't know what J.K. Dobbins was going to be. We oh, didn't at know this Jake, time last yeah, year? Yeah, if yeah, we had this yeah, question yeah. a year yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. going into 2017, it's like, well, we think this offense is going to be better. Put Saquon Barkley at running back and let's go. Yeah. So, I don't think there's a guy like that. Because I think if you asked, I mean, honestly, if you asked this question on the on Spartan talk and Husker talk and Hawkeye talk and Boilermaker talk, and what would their answer be? I mean, I think their answer Bosa. would be like, <laughs> yeah. would there even be a second thought? Is there anybody out there who's like, no, we have two good defensive ends. We don't need Nick Bosa. Everybody would say Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, James Except Black Panther fans. James Grega from Eleven Warriors sent in a question. He said, "Is T.J. McConnell the greatest basketball player in the history of ever?" The answer is yes. How many T.J. McConnell shirts do you own? I don't own any T.J. McConnell shirts, but I bought a shirt that T.J. McConnell owns. 
Okay. Not you didn't buy it like off his body. Right. No, he's significantly <laughs> smaller than I am. But it's not like it has TJ McConnell. But isn't it crazy? It. Like when Ohio State played Arizona in the NCAA tournament, the D'Angelo Russell year, and everyone's like, "Who is this little white dude who's locking up D'Angelo Russell?" And it's like, oh, he's like a very serviceable point guard in the NBA. Yeah, he's like a guy who's like a top seven player for the yeah. third best team in the East. Yeah. Uh, Dave Fitzgerald wants to know if we have a favorite Tim May story. I don't have one other than the tweet he had the other day when he was standing next to a sign that said, this is May at the Indianapolis yeah. 500, and it was hilarious. Um, but you've known Tim a long time, Doug. Do you have a favorite Tim May story? Um, there are many Tim May stories. This is, a, and, and is it out of turn? I don't know if this, is, this wouldn't hold up in court. Is it out of turn to tell a story about a guy that's his story? I don't want to like give away like Tim May secrets if he doesn't want them given away. No, but like, the best thing about Tim May is the stories that he tells you. So, yeah. yeah. So no, I think it's fine. So Tim May, when he was a a, a young man, I believe still a teenager, um, Tim May loves things that go fast. Yeah. He is a big car racing guy. He loves IndyCar. Uh, he he loves like he watches overseas Grand Prix races at three o'clock in the morning. Um, he loves that stuff, and he's like very interested in like high speed jets. Like he's like a big Chuck Yeager guy. Like he's very knowledgeable about that kind of thing. So Tim, um, as a young man, took flying lessons, and so he was. I believe this was was in Texas because I always forget with Tim. If he went from Alabama, like he was born in Alabama and moved to Texas, or was born in Texas and moved to Alabama, I think it. Was Alabama that moved to Texas? I think you're right. So he was taking a flying lesson in like this little plane, and he said he got hit by a gust of wind, and the the wind started to flip the plane over, and so rather than fight it, he went with it and just flipped the plane over, like barrel and, rolled. and barrel rolled, <laughs> did like a three, a full three sixty, and just came back up upright, <laughs> and was like, holy. <laughs> And, and I just envision, like, the young Tim May just, like, in that moment, just, like, going with it. Like, oh, hell, let's see what this does. And just, like, and, like, saving his own life in the process of, like, he didn't plunge to his death in a, in a plane because he just went with it, baby. Um, and I, I lo- of course, he tells it a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. You could tell it He's about him. But it is just, that is just, I love young. Also... I would totally watch that show, Young Tim young May. Young Tim May, yeah. Oh my God! Like the young, if young, like Young Sheldon's a hit, right? And that's set in Texas. Yeah. Next show is Young Tim May. Unbelievable. Okay, I like this question from G Nilly. Football question. G. If Ryan Day potentially leaves after the 2018 season, will Urban stay committed to recruiting and developing pro-style quarterbacks, or is the current quarterback recruiting trend Day specific? I don't mm, here. I probably have asked more than anyone on the beat about this stuff. I think to Ryan Day, to yeah. Urban Meyer, and like they kind of don't answer it every time I ask. From what I understand about this particular recruiting class, like everyone they're recruiting at the moment, and really have recruited from the start, are quote unquote pro style passers. But I also think that that's a product of this recruiting class. There aren't a lot of highly rated dual threat guys. One of them, Sam Howe, they really liked, and he ended up committing to Florida State. He's from North Carolina or South one of the Carolinas. Um, so I am inclined to think it's a trend, even if like this is the only option they have to recruit in this class as pro style quarterbacks. But I do think that there has been a shift in Urban Meyer's mindset a little bit. 
which is why I think he picked Dwayne Haskins. I think there are a lot of reasons to pick Dwayne Haskins, but I, I think college football is sort of changing again. And I think you need the quarterback to be something more than just like sort of a dynamic athlete back there, which is Urban Meyer has had in the past and has had a lot of, a lot of success with. Um, and I think JT Barrett to some extent was that. But like with all the RPO stuff and you see like the success that like Oklahoma's having with its offense and how like the success, even at the pro level, it's happening with the Eagles and the Chiefs doing some of that stuff. I think you need a different kind of quarterback now. And Urban Meyer, I think, is starting to see that. I, and and I'm a little surprised by that, but because I don't know if he's one to usually sort of go the direction that the trends might take you in college football. But I think at quarterback, he's starting to do that. So even if Day leaves, I think he would find an offensive coordinator who thinks along the same lines as Day. I don't know. Maybe there's probably not somebody from the Chip Kelly tree who that could be, unless Mark Helfrich wants to stop being on television. Um but I think that this is like the new direction of the Ohio State offense and the Ohio State quarterback position, regardless of if Ryan Day is here after this season. And as we've talked about, and Urban has said many, many times, like Urban doesn't really do things just because an assistant wants to do something. He more gets an assistant who does the thing that Urban wants to do. So like when he brought Chris Ash here and he wanted to play press man coverage, Chris Ash left. They didn't change the defense. That became the Urban Meyer defense. So... Like Ryan Day leaving, I don't, I don't think, you know, when he brought in Tom Herman and they started going more up tempo, he got Tom Herman because Tom Herman knew up tempo. It wasn't that mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Herman said, "Hey, let's go up tempo," and Urban said no, and Tom Herman convinced him. And then when Tom Herman left, they didn't want to do it anymore. Now they did it less because I think the other coordinators weren't as good as it, weren't as good at it as Herman was. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't think they would change. And here, let me ask this question. One of the things that we th- I think was we thought was so interesting, and I know we wrote about it and talked about it when Jim Harbaugh got hired, is the idea of here are what we anticipate what are proven to be two highly successful coaches. Yep. Harbaugh's a successful coach, hasn't been quite as great at Michigan as people necessarily thought right away, but you can't argue that he's successful. And and we thought they were successful at the quarterback position in very different ways, and that we. I know talked about the world where Ohio State and Michigan are probably going to be recruiting against each other, although they haven't recruited against each other as much as maybe we thought they would. They have not, yeah. But not at quarterback. Because if there was a big, strong-arm, pro-style kid, that's who Jim Harbaugh would want. And if there was a great athlete who could run and throw and run the zone read, that's what Urban Meyer would want. And we kind of thought they'll never go head-to-head on quarterback because they want different things. I don't think that's true anymore, right? Like no, are, there so. are now – now, I still don't think Urban still, I think, demands a quarterback that can run and turn a bad play into a good play. Yeah. He would never go with the guy who's a statue and is just never going to run. But I'm like that's – I mean, so it's like, well, who is that? Well, that's that's Aaron Rodgers. That's Russell Wilson. That's Carson Wentz. Yeah. That's Baker Mayfield. That's Deshaun Watson. I mean, that's yeah. everybody. Like, there's not like that. I mean, so who isn't that anymore? I guess Tom Brady. But I mean, like everybody, like that's almost not a, like okay, Peyton Manning. Like, but that's not a distinction anymore. To have to say, well, I wouldn't want a slow-footed guy who can't move. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the modern quarterback. Even the modern pro-style throw-first quarterback. Most of them are great athletes. So. He doesn't have to have a caveat to that. So he can go get, if he's like this now, he can go recruit a, quote, pro-style kid knowing that pro-style kid probably has the athleticism he demands to run when needed. 
And now he's going to have the arm that he has now decided he wants. And Harbaugh is going to be going after the same kid. So now is I, I don't know yeah. if it is it. I think they still. I think they might in the end still maybe not go against the exact same type of kid because I do think mobility or whatever you want to call it. I think it's important to Jim Harbaugh because they do a lot of stuff in the play action game. But I think it's it's important in a different way to Urban. Like even though Dwight Haskins is the quarterback, like designed quarterback runs aren't going away. There'll certainly be fewer of them, but it's still always going to be a part of his offense. He loves that play too much, and frankly, it's too effective to just erase it from your playbook because you don't have JT Barrett anymore. But like the quarterback run game is not a part of the Michigan playbook. So that's a consideration I don't think Jim Harbaugh has to make when he's recruiting a quarterback. And it still is for Urban, even if throwing ability, I think, has superseded that now and what they value when they're evaluating somebody. But Jim Harbaugh would certainly recruit recruit Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, he would recruit Dwayne Haskins. I bet he would probably recruit like Grant Cannell and Graham Mertz, all the guys they're, they're recruiting now. He didn't. Dwan Mathis is from Michigan and committed to Michigan State, and Michigan didn't recruit him. And I had a conversation with Dwan Mathis outside of Ohio Stadium last summer after Friday Night Lights, and he was angry that Michigan never recruited him. Um, but I think he is also that style of quarterback that they would like. Interesting. I'm fascinated by that stuff. Yeah. Uh, our main man, Cynical Negro, wants to know, what's the worst pizza pizza chain? Little Caesars. <sighs> yeah, we've talked about this before. Little Caesars is not great, but for $5, it's pretty good. I think Papa John's is the worst. Because Papa John's is just as pricey as the other places, but I think is gross. I would rather, much rather have, like, Pizza Hut or Domino's than Papa John's. I feel like this question is making me do to Donato's what I previously did to Wisconsin. I don't want to disparage it, but I do. Oh, yeah. Donato's <laughs> like, is trash. So it's like I just would – anything – any pizza that doesn't have a crust and is cut in a square is just behind anybody that cuts it in a triangle and does have a crust. So if you ask me do you want Donato's or Little Caesars or Papa John's, I would take Little Caesars and Papa John's all day over Donato's. I might do take you, Donato's over Papa John's. Really? Yeah. Do you not – Buy a $5 Little Caesars pizza, Tim. No. You would not stop and get it. No. Never. There's other things I could buy for food $5 that are better than Little Caesars pizza. But the you whole pizza could for $5. feed you and your fiance. You. I'm On your romantic what? NBA All Star game weekend. $5. $5 for both of you. You cannot do that. Now, I mean, what are you going to do? Like split a value meal from McDonald's? <laughs> There's oh. a reason it's $5. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible don't think at all. It's terrible. I and think when it's, it's appropriately hot, priced. When it's hot and fresh? Yeah, which it always is. I actually think it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's awful. But you're certainly entitled to your opinion, Tim. Uh second part of his question was what do you wish uh you could change that would let you report on Ohio State better slash easier? Open locker room. I mean like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 and the thing that exists, I think, at some programs, because you've heard, you've heard people talk about it, whether it's like Tim May and, and Rusty Miller, the former AP guy, just talking about back in the day when you just like went to practice, like they were the only two guys at practice. And then when you, you know, you'd stand on the sideline, like with John Cooper or Earl Bruce, like during practice, talk to him, watch practice. And then like when practice was over, if you needed a guy, you'd go get a guy. Yeah. So whether it's open locker room or just the ability, and I know the ability ability does exist at some college programs right now that are far less covered than Ohio State, where you show up at practice and then you say to the SID, hey, can I get this guy? And you get him after practice. Or 
like they're walking off the practice field every day and you just grab the guy you want and you're allowed to just get anybody and just talk to them. And that's just the deal. Yeah. And so the hardest thing is that everything at Ohio State is done in group settings. And every now and then you can set up like a, a one-on-one if you're like you're kind of doing a thing. But just to like be able to walk over and like grab, you know, Michael Jordan and be like, hey, that play against Penn State last week. Did you miss the block or was the assignment right? You know, yeah. or hey, what just that, which exists everywhere else, which you can do in the Browns locker room, and you can do in the pregame for the Indians every day. And you yeah. can do now the Cavs are nuts because the Cavs are LeBron and it's a really cramped physical atmosphere, but also there's a million people there. But those beat writers do it all the time. The best beat writers on the Cavs, they're having like one-on-one off to the side conversations all the time that that you know, if you're trying to do that on a college beat, you're trying to like, you know text a kid or like have, talk to a kid away from the thing, but it's not part of the thing. Just like be around, hang out and just have one-on-one conversations as part of the normal interaction, which is kind of what coverage college sports things, but it's great. But I just, and I understand why it's yeah. not that way. Cause they're kids. Sure. I get it. Sure. But I wish it could be. I mean, some places. I don't know if I can't. I don't know if anyone in the Power Five football does it. But Michigan State basketball is the always one I think of. I think they have some open practices, and if they don't have open practices, they have open locker room after every game, which is nearly unheard of at that level of college. Well, I, well tell them, like for instance, what we do, like at a bowl game when there's open locker room and there has to be, or open locker room at a Big Ten championship, yeah. or like during the NCAA tournament or Big Ten tournament with basketball, just explain to the good people like what a wonderful thing that is. It's great. We make a li- sometimes we do a draft. We had a draft like in the uh, people were like laughing at us in a press box the Fiesta Bowl against Clemson because right before like it was the Fiesta Bowl was a playoff game and before the game we're like drafting who we're going to talk to in the locker room in case Ohio State lost and like that was it and you were. Not looking ahead to a championship, you're looking ahead to the next season. In case they got shut out and blown up. Yeah, in case they didn't score. Um, but that's what we do. Like We make a list of all the guys we wish we could have talked to all year, and we put them down. But then we also put down, like, I don't know, we talked to Nick Bosa a lot, but like if you wanted to ask Nick Bosa a very specific thing that you would not get a great answer to in a group setting, that's your opportunity to do it when he's in the locker room and, and you have a decent chance of getting one-on-one. At the very least, it can be like three people talking to him instead of 33. Right. So that's what it is. It's, it's a... You can ask all the same questions in a group setting that you would in a one-on-one setting. You're just not going to get the same kind of answers most of the time. So that's what it is. And it's twofold. One is anytime it's one-on-one and you're having a conversation instead yeah. of it being a Q&A, it's better. Yeah. And two is then everybody else doesn't get to hear your question and steal the answer. Correct. So, I mean, it's not – for instance, and there's little things you can find. But by the way, who was the number one pick in the Clemson-Ohio State draft? Oh, I don't remember. What? Uh... I had the number one pick, I think. Torrance Gibson. Torrance Gibson. Yeah, Torrance Gibson. Yeah. I picked Torrance Gibson number one. I sprinted to that dude in the <laughs> locker room. I got like eight questions in, all on video. That post, was, it was like Ohio State just lost a playoff. I had a Torrance Gibson story up an hour after the game ended. They went crazy. But also, for instance, I remember when Ohio State played Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. The year before. The year before. And Taylor Decker had the block on Jalen Smith that – yeah. Blew up, blew apart Jalen Smith's knee. Um, and I talked to Taylor Decker about it after the game at one-on-one. Yeah. And I wrote a big story about what Taylor Decker said about that block. And I don't – maybe someone else went up and talked to him one-on-one too, but I didn't have to wait for a news conference. I didn't have to wait, oh, well, Taylor – it's not Taylor Decker's day to talk. 
I went up and talked, and that wasn't, but that was like, I talked to Taylor Decker about that and got, he had good quotes about it and got a good story about an important thing. Yeah. By myself, and, which like never would have happened after a regular season game. And in that game too, like that was, Joey Bosa got ejected for targeting was his last game ever at Ohio State. And I think under normal game situations, like if you if we cover a regular season game at Ohio State or on the or Ohio Stadium or on the road, we can request guys. It's not guaranteed that we get them. They're usually pretty good about giving us what we ask for. But in that situation, Joey Bosa gets ejected. I don't think they would have brought him out to talk to us, right? Because they have to br- they bring the players, or to he would have just said like room. I don't want to do that. Right, but we were allowed in the locker room, so we just went off to him and talked to him. And he talked to him; he was fine. Like I don't think he was angry about it. But I think under normal game circumstances, we wouldn't have been able to talk to Joey Bosa about getting ejected from his final game as a Buckeye. Love open locker room; it's the best. Uh, similar kind of, not a similar question, but it's more about like. Do you think people think that's interesting? I don't know. I don't know. I, I like in my head, I'm like, oh, I would find that interesting, but it's also what I do for a living now, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I don't and, know. But, like, I always thought it was interesting when I was younger because I thought I wanted to do this. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, inside the the profession I hope to be a part of. Do you think people think that's interesting, Tim? Like, sort of the ins and outs of doing the job? Or did people just tune out for the last four minutes? I think there's got to be an interest in it. I think there's always, you know, people want to peel behind the curtain and see what the meta is behind our job to really kind of be like, oh, so that's kind of how they do things. I'm sure there's some merit to it that people – appreciate because you know the season one we're just grinding away i'm sure people are like you know man they got this this and this to do that's a lot and i'm fascinated by like how they get this this and this and yeah. like do all these things okay glad they like it i will always remember after the 2006 national championship game when they got their doors blown off by florida being in a in the very crowded locker room and standing around ted ginn jr and saying you got hurt on the celebration <laughs> like when he got tackled on the end zone by yeah. Roy Hall, when like we all sort of didn't exactly know, like we thought that's what happened. And and again, like if that had been a regular season game and like Ted Ginn didn't play the last, you know, 57 minutes, yeah. he probably wouldn't have been brought out because he was hurt. You're not talking to a hurt guy. And instead we stood there and got an answer. Uh, Greg Tyson asked, which road game we're most looking forward to this upcoming season and why? What are the road games? Um, let me pull it up. Um, at TCU in Dallas. Okay. At Penn State. Okay. At Michigan State. Okay. At Purdue. Okay. At Maryland. Yeah, I think those are the I five. I think that's it, the five. I think Michigan five. State. I said Michigan oh, State. Oh, you said Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. That's five. I'm most looking forward to Purdue, which I know sounds weird. It's just like there's two stadiums in the Big Ten I haven't been to, and they're Purdue and Northwestern. Mm. So I'm looking forward to going to Purdue, even though I've heard like West Lafayette is like nothing. Careful. Yeah. Uh, also, they have a big drum. Oh yeah, drums are cool. Because I remember, because you you started in '14 in 2013, the first when in our first year of like the Cleveland.com thing, I was there with Ari and Zach, and like I yeah. took a picture of Ari and Zach with the big drum. Yeah. Um, I like the Penn State trip mm-hmm. mostly because I think Penn State's a great place to watch a game, and. When Ohio State's the opponent, it's always like a big time thing. Um, Dallas is great, like you know, like we've been to Dallas like a million times now. Yeah. Like I almost, I'm always more curious. I like on campus games. I wish they were playing at TCU. I wish they were like playing originally at TCU. intended. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've enjoyed um, the places I've been able to go: Washington and USC and Miami and Texas and Virginia Tech, and being able to see places like that. A neutral site game is just not as good. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I understand why they do it some. I'm glad Ohio State is limiting it and that this is unusual for them rather than a matter of course. Because the whole point, the whole point of any of this stuff, like how great Oklahoma was great. 
awesome. Other than the weather. But Although the weather story was the most frightening thing I've ever written for Cleveland.com. So, really? Yeah. Like a million people read it. So that's like, it's great to get to experience that and then to get the home fans to get to take a peek at these guys. Like that really is what it's all about. Yeah. Virginia so, Tech was cool too. Um, but I think Penn State is just a great, like when Penn State's good and Ohio State's good, that is a legit place to watch a game. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Uh, I'm... I think in normal circumstances, I would say Penn State, but this year I'm going to say Maryland because I got family that's going to be moving down there. My brother graduated from the Naval Academy in 2004, so I'm hopeful I can get down a day early and kind of get, kind of see it again because I don't know how close College Park is to Annapolis exactly. It's like 40 minutes. 40 minutes, After okay. Last year. You can probably walk it. Yeah. Last year, or no, last year? Two years ago, Ohio State basketball opened at Navy the day before Ohio State football played at Maryland, and I did yeah. both games. Yeah. And. I mean, I I always thought Annapolis was a really cool town. I don't get to see my brother's family a lot because they've lived in England for the past few years, but they're moving out, I think, to, to the DMV area nice. this coming summer. So I'm hopeful I get a chance to spend a day with them before that game. Do you have nephews? Uh, yes, two of them. Larry Johnson's going to recruit them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they the older one actually plays soccer, so... Don't tell Larry Johnson that. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I wish Ohio State played in England, speaking of England. That'd, that'd be, be great. Sweet. But, you, but the funny thing is about all this, and I think... Um, I mean, I know this to be true. Like, Ohio State is the answer to a lot of people when you ask that question. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a lot of places that you're, the team is not accustomed to playing necessarily in front of, if it's another Big Ten school, doesn't play in front of a packed house all the time, and you know what Ohio Stadium is always going to be packed. I mean, the people, if you're a college sports fan at all, uh, and you haven't experienced Script Ohio, like coming to Ohio Stadium to see Script Ohio is like a really big deal for people. So it's it's funny that like, you know, we're thinking of things knowing and we know that there's a lot of people that for a lot of people the, the chance to see a game at Ohio Stadium is is the kind of thing that you would answer to a question like that. Mike Moore said God I sound like a homer today. Yep. Well here you can sound like more of a homer with this question. Mike Moore asked in honor of lifting the band on betting Will Dobbins and Weber combine for more than 2,500 rushing yards this season? We should ask the state of Ohio if we could set up some separate Ohio State <laughs> brought to you by Cleveland.com. I was thinking about that, like what – if you get a job with uh, – like I don't want to set the lines or whatever, but like they got to have people who work for that stuff now, right? Yeah, like I think Sports so. betting thing. Yeah. I wonder if that pays well. Would we be able to get a cut mm. of that? I don't know. Maybe you can gamble for free. <laughs> uh, twenty five hundred. Last year, just <clears throat> research. Dobbins ran for fourteen oh three. Tim, do math. Dobbins ran for fourteen oh three, and Weber ran for six twenty six. Fourteen oh three. So just over two thousand. And six twenty six is two thousand twenty nine. And like the hard thing about that is like. Well, the one thing, whenever you're making a bet, like with college sports, like, do you mean in the 12 game regular season, or like, you are, are you kind of betting on, well, if I, I yeah. think they'll, like, like, maybe they'll play 15 games and they have a better chance of getting there. Um, like, you could say, well, Weber would miss some games due to injury, but then, for instance, that's why Dobbins ran for 181 yards against Indiana, is because Weber was hurt. Yeah. If, if Weber was healthy the whole time, his total would have gone up, but I think Dobbins would have come down as well. Like, I think if Weber ran for 100, for, if Weber had run for 1,000 last year, and this is last year's offense, but if Weber had run for 1,000, I don't think Dobbins would have run for 1,400. No. Do you agree with that? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. That then maybe Dobbins. I don't know. Well, Weber also Weber didn't play two games, right? Yeah, but he missed then, two, and like I think like in another game, like basically didn't carry the ball. Like the ball. first four games, he basically didn't do anything, right? Because yeah. then he like not play, not play, play a little bit, not yeah, play or play. something. Yeah. So, but Dobbins in some of those games like went nuts, like was the workhorse. Yeah. So, but the thing you're doing is taking JT Barrett out of the equation. So JT Barrett ran for what nine hundred seven seven ninety eight. So what's the total on – so the total of – it's like 2,800 for the three of them. It's Yeah, 2,900. So – Almost 3,000. You just round it up, brother. Keep rounding. It's almost a million. Almost five. So like, okay, so if that tells you those three did almost 2,800, then should you think the two main tailbacks will get 2,500? Or, yeah. or, or how much are you giving you're, – you're taking some of the – that's the whole thing – the two things we're talking about, like, what's the story of the, of the preseason? Offensively, the two stories of the preseason are how the offense is going to change, like, to the passing attack, and then trying to figure out the distribution. Distribution. And how much of the – and mostly distributing the JT Barrett rushing yards. And how much of those, of those yards are you just handing to Dobbins and Weber, or how much are you putting into the throw game? Yeah, I, I think they're going to do it. I, I think the more I think about Dobbins and Weber, and I'm – I think I probably think a little differently than than you guys, Mike. I I don't see I see a gap, but I don't think that that gap is going to be reflected in the touches. I do think it's going to be pretty even. Um, I think they're both going to rush for a thousand yards. So I'm fairly confident saying they will combine to go over twenty five hundred. I would say over, yeah. So you don't think you don't think Webbins, Dobbins is going to be Webbins Webbins Dobber <laughs> Dobber. You don't think Dobbins is going to be a Heisman candidate? No. Because if he's splitting with Mike Weber, he can't be. Yeah. No, I don't think so. And I think, like, the quarterback is going to run, like, five or fewer times per game most of the time. Okay. And now the thing that you have to factor in is, like, blowouts. So, I don't know. If you get to 15 games and that bounces out, I guess. But, yeah, I think they're going to combine to go over 2,500. If you go blowouts and all of a sudden, yeah, now you're having – Who's taking those carries? I guess Master Teague's going to get Master those Teague, Brian Sneed, uh, Demario maybe. Demario maybe. Tim, so let's – I guess we'll do it the whole season because at the end of the year you don't go back and say, oh, show me the stats for the regular season. You look at the whole the whole stats. Yeah. Um, so I think you know you, you may as well operate under the assumption they'll play 14. And then if you, get 50, you know, if you get 15, then all of a sudden you have a better chance to go over. I think 2,500, by the way, is like the – whose who's question was that? Mike Moore? That guy could work for the Ohio Gambling Commission because I think that's the line. I think if you're yeah, setting an over-under on combined Dobbins-Weber yards, I think it is exactly 2,500. So you're over. I'm over. Tim? Part of me is I'm, I'm leaning towards under. I say that because I feel like as much as you know the quarterback runs going to be taken out of the equation, I think – it's going to have to do with Dwayne Haskins' ability to throw the ball downfield more effectively, that if they get bigger leads early, they're going to be more inclined, I think, to take Dobbins and Weber out of the game and and play guys like Teague and Snead and give guys like DeMario more carries to kind of offset that. And you don't want to fr- throw Dobbins and Weber on the second half when you're beating Rutgers 49-3. to And then Has- and Haskins is thrown for like five touchdowns. Here's the thing that I wonder about. Because Antonio Williams was a veteran guy as a third back. Now, Mas- now their third running back, unless you're handing the ball off to McCall, which I, I am not necessarily anticipating. Yeah. Your third straight up running back is a true freshman. Yep. So you don't owe that guy anything for sure. Now Dobbins went nuts as a true freshman. Mike Weber, 
would have played as a true freshman had an injury and redshirted. Um, I think if Antonio Williams was your third back, that actually might change things a little bit. Because let me ask you this. I still believe that Dobbins is going to get a somewhat significant bigger portion of the load. I think it's just going to be a situation where I just think he's a little bit better. And it's just like that's the best way to win is to give him more of a load. So I'm, I'm anticipating, if you're anticipating something more like a split, I'm anticipating something more like two-thirds, one-third. So if that's the case, but Mike Weber came back to run the ball, can you give some keep Mike Weber happy carries to him late in the third quarter of a Rutgers game where oh. you're up forty nine to three? Yeah, I think so. That yeah. that like that maybe scenario, you yeah. are a little like may it's like the maybe the the backup receivers are in, maybe the backup quarterbacks even in. But it's like Mike Weber's here to play, man. And Mike Weber's like trying to show NFL people stuff. And like Mike Weber's not like Mike Weber already had a year of being hurt. In 2017, and missed time. Like, let the man play. That I think it's possible Mike Weber might be in line. That if I think, if my inclination is maybe 1600 for Dobbins and seven or 800 for Weber, maybe Mike Weber can get to 1000 because, like, he sliced up some of these lap. Maybe he kills Tulane. Yeah. Mike Weber, in a game that's over, rips off a 71 yard run. Because they want to let Mike Weber play a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Mike Weber gets a 1,000 because he's taking carries that Antonio Williams might have had. Like, yeah. So my inclination is under. But not much under. Basically, ba- based on what Tim said, like based on like the advanced throw game and that kind of stuff. But I guess in the end, I guess my answer is actually over sort of because of the keep Mike Weber happy carries, which yeah. Tony Alford says don't exist. And when I said, would you ever give guys carries to keep them happy, he punched me in the face. <laughs> Seth Shaner asked if uh, Celtics coach Brad Stevens is a better linebackers coach than Phil Davis. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just I'm sitting back waiting for Doug's answer. I think yes. I mean, I think, like, what is what – is, like getting your guys, like relating to your guys, getting your guys to believe in you, getting your guys to go hard and listen and have an understanding of the game plan. Yeah. You don't think like Brad, you don't think like, like Urban Meyer could have like had it handed Brad Stevens, like here's what Oklahoma does. And Brad Stevens could have figured out like that's, that's like make sure we cover him this way. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like he can teach himself football and then become a better coach because yeah. most of coaching is like connecting with your guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying like that, that uh, Milwaukee Bucks coach. What's his name? Joe Flemmer or I don't whatever. Know. When I saw it wasn't Jason Kidd, I didn't know. I didn't I'm, know I'm not was. saying that guy is better than Bill Davis. I'm just saying that like the best coach in the NBA might be a better linebackers coach than Bill Davis. No offense to Bill Davis. Uh, Greg Miller asks, when will we, when will you get the Shiano interview regarding the Tennessee head coaching job? He said he would tell his side of the story. The quiet few weeks prior to football camp seems ideal, which is right now. Yeah, he's never going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good reminder to like say that to his face. Like, every time we talk to him, yeah. the rest of the time, until he does it. I mean, he might talk to, I don't know, like, Ivan Maisel about it, but he's not going to talk to us about it. I would be shocked if he Why? talked to us about it. Doesn't he like us? No. I don't know if he likes anybody other than his family and his players. That's true. That's all that matters. And Ivan Maisel. Uh, how many more questions do you want to do? I don't know. 18 minutes worth? 
I mean, if we're out, we're out. Is it, are these we're not old, out? We're are not these out. old questions or are some of these this week? I'm getting the sum from this week. The, most of the ones we did in the beginning are old. Now I'm getting the sum from from this week. But I'm trying to get like football ones. There's a lot of like funny questions in our football ones. Can I say a thing real quick while you're looking at questions? Yeah. So my daughter went to an awards banquet the other night for Central Ohio, and it was at the Wendy's headquarters. In Dublin. In Dublin. Like, Wendy's was nice enough to host it. It was like a Better Business Bureau thing. And Wendy's hosted it in the banquet room at Wendy's headquarters, um, which I thought was kind of cool and, like, makes me want to, like, work at Wendy's. Um, I will say that they had a Frosty machine for dessert. But guess if you went to an awards banquet where the meal was served at Wendy's headquarters, try to guess – what the food, what the dinner food was. Nugs? Good guess. Tim, do you have a guess? Uh, chicken sandwiches. So I would say, so my, I thought there was like a 50-50 chance. One is like, maybe it's going to be like, you know, it's like chicken cordon bleu. Like, it's just like a banquet. Like, it's yeah. a nice banquet, and they bring out your little food. There's like, there's like 20 kids there, so it wasn't like, it was like probably 100 people total with teachers and parents and stuff. Or, you just go hardcore, so it's a Wendy's buffet or something, yeah. right? Like, they put out burger patties, maybe you make your own thing or whatever. Taco bar. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think some Wendy's have taco bars. I remember back yeah. in the day, my hometown Wendy's had a taco bar. Yeah. So, I didn't know if it's perhaps an, an indication that maybe the taco bar at Wendy's is coming back. Or is it just like, just feed this people something cheap. Like, and it was just... They might have fed you like... They said, all right, we're scrapping a taco bar. Let's bring all the taco bar supplies back to Dublin. And then just like dumped it on you. Yeah. So you were eating nine-year-old taco bar. So I'm not complaining about a free meal. I just, of all the things, it's like taco bar. <laughs> I was, and I, did I eat like my weight in taco meat? Of course I did. But I just was surprised by it. I found it interesting. Kyle Brandenburg, uh, inventor of the fart, said. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to put that in his Twitter bio. <laughs> If do, you, do you think JT Barrett would trade all of his awards and records for a spot on an NFL roster? That's Buckeye talk. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get into some JT NFL stuff because Tim's been writing about it. Um, no, because like I mean, like would he tra- like? Is this like a rubber magic lamp genie kind of thing? Like he trades all his college stuff and becomes Tom Brady? Or is it like, like yeah, you're, just, uh, you're just on the roster? Yeah. Because, like, I mean. He said roster spot. So. You've got to rub. That's a lot of genies to, like, make him the type of quarterback that would be worth giving up his college career. Yeah. So I would say no. I would say no. He is, I, like, Ohio State fans probably don't think about him in this way. And make, I think with time will come to do so. But, like, he is, like, I don't know, kind of an OSU legend. Like, for all the records that he has. And it's hard in the moment. He'll become more of a legend the yeah. farther we get away from his career. Yeah, like, he's a guy who I think, like, when he's 50 and comes back to Ohio Stadium, who will, like, he'll be universally respected and I think remembered very fondly. Yeah. And I don't think he would trade that to guarantee himself just a spot on the roster. Yeah, to, like, make the 53. Yeah. Like, for the Saints. So, Tim did a Buckeye breakfast that went bonkers. Uh, this week or last week? Uh, it was Monday. Monday. About JT Barrett and Saints camp. And then I looked, I, I found this, that Good Morning Football show on the NFL Network or something. Yep. Put up like a little two minute video. And like the headline of the video was, is JT Barrett the Saints future at quarterback? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and so then the first guy went and the first guy was like, 
Well, he might be, but Tansom Hill. Taysom, Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill from BYU, who they acquired last year. That's the guy nobody's talking about. And he talked about Taysom Hill for 40 seconds. And then they went to the second guy, and the second guy went like, Man, JT Barrett, how long was he in college? Did he play for Woody Hayes? And it was like, I get it, old college guy jokes. Yeah. And like nobody answered it. So you tricked me with your horrible headline because, of course, the actual answer is, is JT Barrett the future of the Saints quarterback position? That answer is a hard no. And like, whatever, dude. So like, you've lost my respect. Good morning, NFL, or whatever the heck you are, because... Is undrafted free agent guy who wasn't drafted the perfect replacement for a Hall of Famer? <laughs> no, you idiots. Of course not. So, yeah. like, where do we stand on, like, the – and you and I had a conversation about this the other day. Like, where are you on the, like, JT Barrett is in camp, and at the moment, people are writing and saying nice things about him. OTAs, not really camp, OTAs. People always write and say nice things about JT. Um I think I feel maybe a little more confident in that he'll do this for a few years than I did before the draft. I thought it was possible that JT goes through this, goes to a rookie mini camp, doesn't do all that well, and then just like can't catch on anywhere, even if it's like practice squad or whatever, which is like practice squad guys make money to play football. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do think... I don't know. I, I think maybe there's a little something to the idea of him sticking around. I don't. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think he's the future NFL quarterback for anybody. But I think he can be a backup. I think he can be maybe even a number two guy that you're like he's not not a number two in the sense that you would like feel super confident about him sustaining your season if your starter went down, but just a guy you can plug in and play and like kind of get through it and then go to next year. But I think like some of the things we didn't see the whole practice, but I watched a little bit of the video that that people were tweeting out of the Saints camp and. I don't know. He looked comfortable doing some stuff that I maybe wasn't so sure he'd look comfortable doing. Um, I'm sure he wasn't that consistent the entire time. We saw the good stuff, but I think he might be able to hang around a little longer than I thought previously. Props to Bill Landis, who, by the way, in our pre-draft predictions, predicted that JT Barrett would be drafted in the seventh round by the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. So you were the only one of us that said he'd be drafted, so you were wrong, and Tim and I were right. But your theory was actually right on because, like, you sort of explained then why you thought he'd be good for the Saints, and then the Saints signed him. Yeah, so. like, like came over the top on the Colts. The yeah, table, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, what are we? What are you making of JT Barrett's success so far in Saints camp? Um, you know, he's a guy that we I think we all thought was going to impress coaches. You know, because he's a he's a quarterback coaches I think will feel good about in terms of safety that. He's going to do all this, the safe things, you know. He's going to protect the football. He's not going to make mistake. He's not going to make. He's not going to wow you, but he's also not going to make like head scratching mistakes or something like that. You know what you're getting, and you know you're getting a guy who you could trust as a trust as a smart presence in the room. But ultimately, I it's I said it in the draft video, low ceiling is going to be what keeps them from having any sort of consistent NFL future. So. I think he's got a decent shot to make the Saints. He's obviously just got to be Taysom Hill, I think, to get it. But as far as productive playing time, when you're saying about, about the good morning football guys, I think they're off base. Tom Savage is there. I mean, there are other guys there. Mm. Uh, we talked about this, Bill. I think JT Barrett's the kind of guy who, when he shows up and you've never been around him before, he impresses you because he does all the things right off the field you're supposed to do. 
And I think he can look good thrown against air. And I think my bet would be that when he gets in, like if he gets to the point where he's playing in exhibition games, he's not going to look like an NFL quarterback. And I don't know what's going to happen to him. He did. Like he's not. He's not trying out for the Saints though. He signed a contract, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But but like I mean, that doesn't mean he won't get cut. But no. Yeah. It's just like are the Saints in the end going to carry him as one of their three? Yeah. During the season because they feel like if they get really crunched, he could play quarterback for them. Um. This happened at the Senior Bowl. Like he looks good. He didn't even get. He didn't. He didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl, and he didn't get drafted. So, like, let's remember that. And it's not. And it's again. I this whole podcast. I've ended up disparaging things because people are elevating things higher than they should be elevated. JT Barrett is a great quarterback. He didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. That took eight quarterbacks, six or eight, eight. I think it was six. They took a kid from Richmond over JT Barrett. Is that the Laletta kid? Yeah. Everybody loves him. Six quarterbacks, and they didn't take him. He went to the East West Shrine game. Like, again, this is the this to me sounds like exactly what happened at the East West Shrine game, which is like he got to the East West Shrine game and everybody wrote these stories about everybody loves JT Barrett. Look at this great throw in practice. Which is great. Mm-hmm. I just he, I don't think he can I don't think in the end he can play quarterback in the NFL. So I think if you're going to end up keeping him on a roster, you're making a decision that we're keeping a guy that we don't think can ever play, and so he's going to be our third quarterback. But if we actually would ever get in a position where the first two got hurt, we'd sign somebody else. Um, but like I, I don't know. But in the meantime, good morning NFL football is like making up stupid questions, and people accuse us of like clickbait all the time. Like, you try to put interesting headlines on things. Don't put a headline on a thing that says, Could JT Barrett replace a Hall of Famer? And your answers be about Taysom Hill and how JT Barrett was in college since Woody Hayes. <laughs> it's a fraud of a question, and then you won't even give an answer. Here's your answer. No. <laughs> He's not an NFL quarterback. Nobody thought so during the draft. And so why are we going to, like, pretend? I get it. I get the people down there writing stories about JT Barrett. He's a famous college guy. But that... But just why do we have to pretend? Why do we have to like ignore reality and pretend with stuff like that? It's crap and it bothers me because it's not fair to like it's not fair to you guys. Because now if you walk around, hey, did you hear NFL morning football happy people said I had a question about JT Barrett replacing Drew Brees. It's a lie. Yeah. Hmm. You should go on good morning football and just yell out the country <laughs> in the morning. Good morning! <laughs> Jordan Steele. Love him. How good does this offensive line have to be for Ohio State to compete for a national championship? Isn't it crucial for Haskins to not have to improvise with his feet since he's a true pocket passer? Does the O-line have to win up front for the running backs to be elite this season? Um, I mean, to win a national title, they got to be really good. Um, and I think there is – it's an interesting point, I guess. I don't think – Dwayne, I think it's easy over I don't know, oversells not the right word. I think people are maybe a little too panicked about Dwayne Haskins' running ability and mobility. I think he's a better runner and more mobile than people give him credit for, and I think you'll see that fairly early on. But he's still not as mobile and still not as good of a runner as JT Barrett, which puts more onus on the offensive line to be better pass protectors, which has been inconsistent, I guess. It was kind of bad, really bad two years ago and Fine last year, but kind of inconsistent last year. And JT bailed him out because um, that's what he does best. So I do, I do think it's an interesting thing to watch and maybe an interesting thing to ask about with guys when you have a less mobile quarterback. Like, how does that change your approach to pass blocking? But 
I think largely, like, are any of us concerned about the offensive line? I'm not really. I'm I'm intrigued by it because there are new faces, but I think, like, Isaiah Prince, Michael Jordan are solid. Whoever the other guard is will be solid. Center's interesting, and Thayer Munford's interesting, but I think they're going to be yeah. good. And as much as Prince is not the left tackle, I'm not worried about him at right tackle. Yeah. Do you think they have to be great, Tim? I would say so. I mean, you look at the competition. Alabama's always going to have pass rushers, even though they graduated. Ron Payne was a first-round draft pick. Clemson has an There's NFL. There's a factory in Tuscaloosa that makes guys who look exactly like Deron Payne. Yes, and Clemson has a defensive line that would be yeah. the defensive li- that ten NFL teams would trade their defensive line for yesterday. Yeah, in order to get in. Georgia. That, that actually, like the Clemson's defensive line this year, is actually going to be the thing that was, that Greg Schiano said about Ohio State's defensive line last year. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and Georgia, I think even though Georgia a lot, like, Georgia's going to have guys. I think that empire is just beginning in Athens. And I mean, so does Michigan, too. And I think Penn State's offensive line is getting bigger, or not bigger, better. Um, Michigan State's, I think, will be right. Like, there's stuff in their own division, too. I think their own conference they have to worry about, too. Yeah, so they, they have to be good. They don't have to be spectacular. They have to be good enough to where Dwayne yeah, Haskins no, isn't I, running for his life. I, I mean, you have to. I, if we're talking national championship, then you have to be elite because you're going against elite defensive lines. Exactly. I think. I think they can get there. I think it will be maybe kind of similar to 2014 when they were working in some new starters, and at the beginning it wasn't great, mm. but by the end they were the best offensive line in the country. I think that's out there for this offensive line. I do think. I don't think they have to be great. I, obviously, they have to be to a certain level, but I think there's enough things. And again, I think there are reasons to be excited about Demario McCall and Paris Campbell at H and the short passing game. And what they're going to offer you with the tailbacks um, that I and I, I just have I maybe have too much confident too much confidence in Ryan Day's play calling ability, but I feel like Ryan Day with the weapons they have with Weber, Dobbins, McCall, Campbell, and then other some other receiver options. But I'm mostly talking about running and screens and short passes, right? Yeah, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands. I think they have multiple options there that Ryan Day, for instance, if they were getting run over all day. I don't think it would mean they would lose. I think they could scheme up some stuff yeah. to try to counter that. But if you want to have a deep passing game, which is, again, the thing we're only going to talk about a million times, that's not getting the ball out of your hands quick. So it's like you've got to have a little time to let Austin Mack or somebody get down the field. So I think if you want to have Dwayne Haskins do what he does best and make the throws that get you over the top as a national champion, of course he has to have some time. But I don't think... I don't think you have to go into the season believing that like they need a clean pocket for five seconds on every play because I think you could just flip it to Paris and see what happens. Yep. Okay, last question. From Doug DeLillo, he wants to know what is Tim Bielek's hottest hot take. He says, I need to hear it about anything. Let's hear it. Okay. I've, I, I, heard a, I heard a preview of this, and I'm very intrigued. Okay, I admit this took me all night to figure it out because I was wrestling like with what's hot take. Everything from like... You know, the size of chicken wings to um, my thoughts on film. But here we go. In, the, in, the, in this current decade, the fact that we don't have an NCAA football video game is one of the most understated travesties in sports. That's, this a, that's a hot take. I agree with that. Let, let the man speak. And I know... It's getting hot in here. I know Ed O'Bannon was trying to do the right thing, getting... Helping game players paid, but newsflash, they're never going to get paid. I've accepted this reality a long time ago. That's that no matter what they do, they're never going to get paid. Just accept it. Hmm. So why can't we get our video game? Oh, my game. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm looking at a story from 2016 where Kirk Herbstreit just ripped Ed O'Bannon to shreds about this video game. Here's an exact quote from Herbstreit. This is written by Brian Whitey, who is a contributor to the Sporting News. i got to find the exact quote. Herbstreit, I think he got this off an interview with SEC Country, but Herbstreit's like, quote, I've never met one player in college football that's like, they can't use my name and likeness. I need to be paid. They're just thrilled to be on the game. They love being on the game. It's like the biggest highlight of their life to, is to be on the game. And you can't tell me, like, for example, if you're Tate Martell, you wouldn't want, he would, you, if he had a copy of NCAA Football 18, he wouldn't be like, man, oh man, you know, this video game is nice, but I'd really rather have money. Because he's gonna get, if he's good, he's gonna get paid in three years. Like, I'd rather, like, all that stuff. When he can play himself in a video game. And growing up, Bill, you can yeah. probably answer this since you, I think you're, you've played video games, I'm assuming. I still do. 30 years old. I yes. played Pong. I played Pong. Pong's good, but was there anything that got you more excited about, when you get excited about college football, what's one thing you think about in the summer that got you hyped up about college football? When the game came out. Exactly. Yeah. And we're five years removed from it. The game, we, we have new consoles where the game is not available that can be optimized for high definition, let alone 4K television, that doesn't include all the current concepts, all the current players, a playoff format, and all the other adjustments that happen with video games. By the way, I think Madden's terrible. That's my second video game hot take. I think, Madden, yeah. I think Madden's terrible. I, I, I find it unplayable. It it's that different from the college thing. Madden's that different. I think they were always had very similar engines when they were both being made at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think they're different. They feel like very different games, and I just don't like the Madden franchise. I grew up on the NCAA franchise. I have like four or five different versions. The last one I have like NCAA twelve, which I still play on my Xbox three sixty. It's the only game I still play on my old three sixty, and I'll pick it up from time to time because I want to play a football game, and the and. Five years removed, we don't have one. And I know there's a comp there's an independent company out there that is making a new college football video game. It's not the same. Because these are these are made up teams. Yeah, that's kind of lame. I mean like Florida A like Florida like Florida Tech or something like that. I think that's where Nick Cannon went in drumline. Mm. Yeah, something like that. But uh I mean I credit to them, they're trying they're trying to bring something back. It'll never be the same until we get the game back. And they can find a way to bring it back. If you agree that, like, how many players graduate from, from an FBS team every year? 15 to 20? Mm-hmm. Multiply mm-hmm. that by about 126. That's like... 130. That's Keep al- going. That's almost, stay hot. That's stay almost 3,000. Games are sold for about 60 bucks. You take each game... Multiply that by about a million dollars. And that's not even including downloadable content where you could download all sorts of stuff in new, in new games or whatever. There's special versions where you can get like extra perks in games. Take whatever that value is, 80, 90 million dollars. Multiply it by four or five, depending on how long the player is in college. Give, like, give the players a split of one percent. One percent of. Three point that would be three point five million divided by about three thousand. Ninety million divided by what? Okay, okay. So keep going. The point is, 
you can give them a little share when they're graduated and they don't have eligibility. Whatever they would get out of that, I'm sure they would take. Because I'm sure it's not worth not having an NCAA video game for five years. None of the players that are in college now have, I'm pretty sure, have ever been featured in an NCAA video game. And that is criminal to me. Last one was in 2014. Yeah, and I think Denard Robinson was on the cover, if I remember correctly. Okay, so I'm going to evaluate that take. It, I thought it started out not that hot. Yeah, it got and, hot. And then it got really hot. Yeah. It got really hot at the part when you said, like, what would they rather have, a video game or money? And then you started talking about how, like, they're never going to get paid. That was very hot. But then in the end, you kind of came around on the, like, because you started off basically saying they shouldn't be worried about getting paid. Let's just have the video game. But then in the end, you came around on why don't they just pay them? Well, Which I- actually is the argument. So I think you I, I think your take splintered a little bit at the end because is your take truly that like Ed O'Bannon shouldn't be fighting this fight cuz shut up and let us have a video game or is your take like the NCAA and EA Sports should just freaking pay them so we can have a video game. I mean pay them after they graduate cuz after they graduate they're not play, they're not college players But anymore. you started off yelling at Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, cuz what did it do? Nothing. We're in the same spot. But he's that- fighting to get money. I think if they said we'll pay them all after they graduate, Ed O'Bannon might have been okay with that, right? Yeah. And yeah, and where are we at? Like four years later, we're in the same spot we were four years later. This lawsuit has done nothing but take away a video game franchise. These players aren't getting paid. I don't think they're ever going to get paid. And this was just a waste of time that has cost millions of people the right to play a popular video game franchise. And I, I find it upsetting. I thought your hottest take was that Madden isn't good because Madden is good and you're wrong. Also, you know who did or who did get paid because of the existence of the NCAA football game? Kirk Herbstreit because he was oh. one of the voices in the game. So of course he thinks he should still make it. I also think I think in the end that probably was a pretty good hot take. That was pretty hot because. I think in the end, I disagreed with every part of it, and I want to get in like a screaming match with yeah. you right now. <laughs> yeah. Which means it's a good hot take. Yeah. 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 Wanna, Although it took argue. me a long time to come up to it because my fiance agreed that like I just don't have many hot, sizzling opinions. So thank you, Delolo, for pushing me into a dark, dark place. And here is the result of that hot take is if you disagree with Tim's hot take, e- tweet him at Tim Bielek. T-I-M-B-I-E-L-I-K and tell him what you disagree with about his hot take so that you can experience um, the fallout of a take that hot, which is part of the hot take experience, is it not? Yeah. You can't just take into a vacuum. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or if you've played the video game, tweet at me and tell me what's the latest edition, what editions you have and what systems you have them on. Because I'm curious to know how many of these, how many of these listeners would love to have the video game back. If you think, if you think that people should just shut the hell up and sacrifice their teenage brains so that Tim can play a video game, tweet at him and and agree with him. (laughs) I mean like 20 million people though. I think 20. If they get money at the end when they're no longer okay, no, down, yep. With the, your take, take is take locked in the good. vault. The take is in. We, we rack it. Is that what Jim Rome say? Rack him, rack him. Um, I'm on. What, how does Jim Rome sound? Jim Rome is he even on the air anymore? 
Yeah, he's on like uh, CBS, I think. He's probably on like some random podcast like, or something. Like four o'clock in the morning. About. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to rack that and we're going to rack this episode of Buckeye Talk. Thanks to you guys for listening. Drop those fart reviews. I don't know. <laughs> Send farts our way. <laughs> I just like, I feel like it's completely appropriate, but also I just don't know if it's going to stick. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to linger. Um, yep. At Bill Landis. Now 20- you're getting the spirit. Yeah. At Bill Landis 25, at Tim Bielek, at Doug Maurice. Read our stories at cleveland.com slash OSU. Um, Takes by the Lake. Listen to my other podcast. Subscribe to that separately, wherever you subscribe to find podcasts. We know you guys are subscribed to Buckeye Talk. Make sure you never miss a Buckeye Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on uh, TuneIn. Um, and, and if for some reason you use a podcast platform that like doesn't have Buckeye talk on it, let us know. We'll try to figure it out. Maybe we'll take another shot at Spotify someday. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. like it, like I, I, to be fair, we just continue to grow. I think there probably is a threshold for listeners, but we have, we seem to be gaining listeners. So. Yeah. So, um, we'll keep doing it. Uh, we all have vacations coming up, but so our plan is to do one every week and have one up every Wednesday. Like maybe there's a Wednesday where it doesn't happen, but we'll do our best to try to avoid that. Maybe yeah. pre-tape and do something special or I don't know what. So we'll see. Um, so anyway, thanks to all your great questions. We didn't get to every, every single one, but we were glad to get through a lot of them. Um, you guys, like we're looking for topics and stuff to talk about. So keep those questions coming. You can always tweet us. The best way to get us to get your question on is to tweet at Buckeye Talk Pod mm-hmm. or – on Tuesday or Wednesday, when one of the three of us puts out the call on Twitter, respond to that. But if you just want to send one during the week, tweet it at Buckeye Talk Pod. I know someone asked, how do we decide who puts out the call? Yeah, I saw that too. We, which, we don't. It's just random. Yeah, which is – the answer to that really is not that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we fist fight. Yeah. We, uh, anyway, um, so he's Bill. I'm Doug. Hot take Timmy. You know what? You didn't talk about poutine. Oh, yeah. Next week. Next week, Tim will talk about eating poutine in Canada. We've had some poutine takes from Landis previously on this podcast. We have not had a poutine take from Bielek because Tim Bielek had never eaten poutine before. And I also have a – first I want to say <coughs> shout-out Smokes Poutinery. I apologize we didn't talk about you this week. We will next week. But I also – teasing it next week why America is doing desserts wrong – and I have an example from Canada that explains exactly why. You Not know, only – you're going to tell us a way that Canada is better than the United States next week? Communist. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Make your Twitter private, bro. <laughs> I'm a little worried that Tim is might be getting addicted to hot takes. Yeah. We created a monster. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot to Lilo. All right. He's Bill. He's Tim. I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>